Bagpipes are the opposite of karaoke, yes. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 186 of Video Games Hot Dog. Guys, we are so close. Yeah, we're on the murdering home stretch. policeman. 186 on an undercover cop. Oh yeah. It's pretty good. How do you know though? How many how many undercover cops have you 186? Me personally, I, you're right, I have no idea. Wait, wait, I, wait, I mean, what, I think 186 is glancing at someone as you drive past. <laughs> oh, I I think it would be it's not a crime for you cuz you're white, but you don't know if they're an undercover cop. That's true. It could be anybody. They look just like the rest of us. That's the thing about undercover cops. Did I ever tell you, Jim, uh, the joke that Aaron Burke from the minibuses made up that I think is one of the funniest jokes that I've ever heard? And what's that? If you uh, ask an undercover cop what his favorite movie is, he has to tell you. Otherwise, it's Entrapment starring Catherine Zeta-Jones. That's that's really good. (laughs) It really is. I like that a lot. I like to tell it over and over again and make sure to credit Aaron Burke of the Minibosses in case anybody is ever looking for a guy to write jokes and play heavy metal covers of NES songs. Right. Yeah. He is, he has got you. I don't know what else he can do. He could probably lift things. Okay. He's a very, he's a very uh, tall guy. He can put away some beer. Yeah. Uh, he very quickly mastered and, and understood on a deep level the ancient martial art of Crapo Bapo. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that was pretty good. Is that uh, something that people are looking for in an employee? It oh, was something I, I was looking it. for in a buddy uh, <laughs> yeah. right then, you know. But yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Crapo Bapo has a lot of applications. <coughs> the way that Crapo Bapo works is you walk up to somebody and you pretend to be doing something with your left hand. Uh, and when they look at your left hand, you punch them in the dick with uh-huh. your right hand. I was about to say, I was a Crapo Bapo applications developer. <laughs> okay. Crapo Applications. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's various distracting things that play on your phone right. to, to aid with the distractions. So a lot of when fart you said sounds. he understood this at a deep level, do you mean like as soon as you did it to him, he immediately did it back to you? No, I explained it to him and he immediately went and did it to the guy that I wanted him to do it to, which is <laughs> the guy that the guy with whom I invented Crapo Bapo. Okay, yeah. Mm. There's also, uh, and we got to play a little bit of this this weekend. Yeah. I said, "Hey, Dave, you want to play? You want to play Dick Punch?" And he said, "Yes," which hardly ever happens. So I handed him twenty dollars because the way that Dick Punch works is that you say, "Hey, do you want to play Dick Punch?" And if they say yes, like one fifth of the time you give them twenty dollars, four fifths of the time you punch them in the dick. Okay. Um, yeah. So the expected return is four dollars. <laughs> Well, I don't think you a, think of it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, four dollars and a four fifths. No, you, you, you don't punch them in the dick and charge them four dollars. So <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the expected return for for saying yes. Oh, happens, uh, each, no? each time. Okay, I yeah, see. man. If you get a job punching somebody in the dick for four dollars a punch like that, wow. seems like you'd be fine for a while. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I, I can think of worse gigs. Yeah. You'd you'd at least make enough money to get a decent pair of gloves or brass knuckles or something. Oh, man. My dad had these gloves when I was growing up that were like, they had little sandbags and all the knuckles. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, they were for like really punching a dude in the dick. They weren't for like working out your individual fingers? No, they were like (laughs) combat gloves. Whoa. I don't know where they came from. I mean, he was a policeman, so they probably came from the military. 
Did, did yeah, when, if, did if that, he hit you, yeah. were you 186? <laughs> yeah, they would 186 you from the bar. Right. Yeah. So they turn you like more than all the way around. Is 86ing somebody one of those things that no one understands the origin of? I was wondering about that when you were talking about 186ing. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a joke about a number being off by one. That's the, you know, what happened when the programmer tried to kill a cop? Uh, there was an off by one error and he 186 him instead, which is glancing at someone as you drive. Right. Yeah, that's, that's why there's no programmers in jail. Huh. Did you guys see the, the, the forum argument that was allegedly about bodybuilders arguing how many days there were in a week? Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't at all about no, bodybuilders arguing about how many days there were in the week. It, so a, the argument wasn't about that, but B, the whole thing was just about nerds being superior and making fun of people that they thought were stupid. But yeah, like, but yeah, the argument was it was clearly a uh, fence post error. It's not the same thing. And the error has a name because it's actually really common. That's why they give the errors names. <laughs> They're usually misspelled, though, which is weird. <laughs> The uh, the errors that well yeah the names of the errors. <laughs> One guy basically said, "I work out every other day. I work out Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. So that's four times a week." And somebody else was like, "Every other day is not four times a week. It's three times a week." And the first guy's like, "Dude, bro, what did I just say?" And I'm like, "Okay, the problem here is that the person saying they're doing something every other day." is not actually doing something every other day. <laughs> right. They're doing something every other day, except for every third time when they do it two subsequent days. Because you can't do something every other day and still do it on the same day every week. I guess, man, we need leap weeks. That would be smart. We need weeks to be eight days. Hmm. That'd be better. I feel like six days and then a two-day weekend would just be better for the world. Why do you say that? <clears throat> More pro productivity. You'd have literally 50% increased productivity. <laughs> Would people have to work uh, six hours a day? So no, six, eight, six still. Days? In fact, 10. You have to work 10. That's si huh. So 60 hour weeks become the norm. It's the math Great. checks out. At yeah. So here, think about it. Mm -hmm. You do six tens yep. and then you get two days off. It's great. So okay. then do you retire when you're 40? No, you have to actually retire. You can't retire until you're like 115. <laughs> you get so much work done. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it sounds great. Also, you start working when you're two. Yeah. So in soccer balls. Yeah. I work all weekend anyway. It's what true. are you clowns up to? You probably work all weekend too. Do you work on the weekends, Jim? Yes, but I don't work... <laughs> I my productivity, I think, if you measure it by numbers, is not as high as most people. Is one eighty six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one hundred eighty six hours a week. Um, I think that might actually be how many hours there are in a week. Um, I've actually measured this. Um, I am. Capable. Well, see, it's eighty six thousand four hundred seconds <laughs> uh -huh. times seven uh -huh. divided by thirty six hundred times twenty four. Yeah, that Google calculator. You should have just preceded no, that with OK Google and we'd have the answer already. Um, You're close. I've actually, it's 168. Okay, yeah. Well, no, in a 7.75 7 
day a week, which <laughs> right, obviously which is we what are. I, yeah, which is what I'm what I'm proposing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the, the rest of the podcast is in this alternate reality. <laughs> so I, I'm capable of like, uh, on a sustained basis of working about four actual hours a day. Um, okay. If I go more than that, I get brain cloud. Which <laughs> I've is, got a I've got a solution for you. What's that? Four hour days. <laughs> That's my that is my solution. Okay. That's what I do. All right. And when I when I worked at an office, I had to like pretend to work the other four hours. Oh, which is just not. No, no, no. I'm saying like you just start like, you know, at zero hour it's Monday, and oh, yeah. then at, at at hour four it becomes Tuesday, so you can work another four hours right back to back because it's a different oh, that's, day. Yeah, and so my mandated that's eight, so eight day right. weeks actually only take thirty two hours, right. but you're still required to work sixty hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you're going to need another one of you. <laughs> oh, well. And, I'll you know, you have two hours it. to, you have two hours to have sex with it because <laughs> you're going to anyway, realistically. That's, so, no, I was thinking uh, you each have two with? hours to have sex with each other, but that only takes two hours. <laughs> you actually get four hours. Well, you could sleep you, for two hours too. Up, after yeah. Can, two hours you can sleep. Yeah, what else would I have a cigarette and go to sleep? Like, I can't think of anything. <laughs> You could, ah, oh man, imagine how good you could get at, like, patty cake or, like, <laughs> you know, a weird thing where you were both making a cat's cradle out of string. And then Are you, you imagining this is, like... Your fingers all tangled together? This is, like, when you hook up the, the controls to, like, two identical avatars in a game. Yeah. And they, yeah, you're, multi, you're multi-boxing. No, yeah. I'm just, like... You, the reason that I think that a clone of you would be really good at figuring out and and executing elaborate patty cake patterns is because is that's that genetic. You would learn at the exact yeah. Your patty cake ability is clearly imprinted in your genes. You it was selected that, for that in the jungle. Scene from I Love Lucy really well. Yeah, I mean, I see you could because you would me- you would get better at stuff at the exact same rate under the mm-hmm. exact same circumstances, right? So, hmm. so I mean, what you would learn is like what effect on learning how to play patty cake like slight variations in temperature or the you know angle of sunlight i mean why don't we just get nine of them and have a baseball team smart i think you'd take over the world of that baseball team is that are there only nine people on a baseball team i don't remember i think so i think there are nine people in the outfield or nine people in the in the field and then maybe yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, there's like trade the, them in there's the pinch loafer the fucking, if you need somebody to fuck around for you. <laughs> there's the manager. Okay. And there's the guy who sells the peanuts. There's the base. There's the bases coach. There's um, the base player. What? Yeah. <laughs> What's, the, <laughs> What's the... The skipper. <laughs> Stockbroker. What's the joke about the guy and the lying on the floor named Matt? what do you call two guys with no arms and no legs hanging above a window Kurt and Rod (laughs) that's not bad actually that's the best one of of those okay yeah Um, objectively Uh, what do you what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs and a doctorate on the floor in front of the door (laughs) Dr. Matt Uh uh-huh Okay. No. What have you guys been up to? 
I, uh, I started hosting a puzzled pint in San Yeah, describe puzzled pint. City tell, tell our listeners what that is in case they want to join us or somebody else putting it together. Uh, that's a good point because it, it is now happening in 15 cities around the globe. Wow, what 15? London? London, yeah. France? N- no. London, Cairo. France. France isn't a city. That's why. Oh. Uh, <laughs> France, Texas. You'd be good at these puzzles, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, in fact, last night's puzzles were, is France a city? And all yes, you had no. to do was answer that question correctly, and you won a beer. Average solve time for most teams was three hours. It's a very, very difficult question. Uh, <laughs> so it's Seattle and Phoenix and Austin and Portland and... San Francisco. San Francisco. There's two. There's two different ones in Seattle and two different ones in San Francisco now. Um, yeah, it's good. Uh, you you the Friday before the second Tuesday of the month, uh, a puzzle is posted. Uh, that sucks because that's not it's something necessarily that the first Friday correct. of the month, and it's not. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think, right? Is it is if it, the if the gap between the months happens between Friday and Tuesday, then it's yeah, it's either the first or the second Friday of a month, depending on right. Blech. Anyway, uh, fucking Thanksgiving, man. Puzzle Pint happens on the second Tuesday of every month. The second Thanksgiving of every the month. the <laughs> Friday before that, a puzzle is posted, which uh, you solve, which tells you where Puzzled Pint is happening. Uh, and when, and so like what the t- what specific location and time to go. And then you show up there and you are handed a packet of puzzles and you, and ideally a couple of friends of yours, uh, drink beers and solve puzzles in a different bar each month. And it is online at puzzledpint.com, which is yeah. a URL that is very difficult to say because people look at puzzle pint without yeah. the D and it's. And what Not is that? that at what all? is Puzzle Pint? Nothing at all. Just a, just a four hundred four. No, I think it exists, but it's like a domain squatter or something. <sighs> yeah. Damn um, those squatters. There's no uh, there are no prizes, um, and it doesn't cost anything. So it's yeah. In the new era of all these top level domains, there's really no excuse for not having a good domain. Puzzled dot pint. Pint dot puzzle. Sure. Puzzle dot bike. Sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so we did our first uh, our first one last night, which was cool. Kevin drank too many beers. I did drink too many beers. Uh, I did not pace myself well, uh, and I ended up being at the bar for like five hours. So mm. that uh, that ended poorly. And your girlfriend left with a full beer. Yeah, well, she didn't leave with a full beer. She left well, she me left- behind <laughs> with a full beer sure. to drink. So. It would have been funnier if she'd just taken the beer with her, I think. Yeah. Funnier and more criminal. Yeah. That's a 185. <laughs> Walking out of a place with a nearly full beer. <laughs> have different numbers for different levels of fullness. Yeah. Although, I think it is more criminal to leave a full beer behind. Styles of beer. That isn't going to get consumed, <laughs> yeah. right? So. There's probably a number for that, too. All the beer-related stuff is, like, in the 100s. Yeah, it's like the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Jim? What have you been up to? So I've been uh, helping organize a um, a game jam called T-Cart 1000. Oh, the ShareCart game jam? Yeah, yeah. So, some for context here, ShareCart 1000 is a... An anagram of Shartcare 1000. <laughs> yes, it's... <laughs> Live every week it's a, like it's, a it's first Shark Week. Hit that... <laughs> 
for Sorry. for those unhappy accidents you sometimes have and can't find a bathroom. Right. Uh, it's a save format, which is intended to be shared across many different games. And if you go to the ShareCart website, there's like 15 of them. Yeah, it was invented by uh, Alexander Martin and Damien Summer like yeah. two or three years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And the most famous uh, share card game is Fjords. Which, which was also the first share card game. Was it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, de- really? they defined the format and then somebody else came out with a game before either of them did. <laughs> which is pretty great. Yeah. I Yeah, at first I thought Fjords was... They had defined the format as like, oh, it's the Fjords save format because no, not, it just not matches to my that game perfectly. Oh, SSF. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Fjord save format. Um, so we're, we're organizing a game jam. Uh, it starts on the 20th. That's exactly what this needed. I think this needed just a sort of a kick in the, the pants with a bunch of different yeah. games. And I, think I agree. Whole- I agree. Well, I'm hoping we can pull it off. Like this sort of thing is I'm, I'm trying to get attendees, uh, attendee, attendance up, but I don't really know how to promote. Like I have a lot of friends in the games press, but. They don't really write about developer I, events. I saw right? a lunch, a lunch. I saw a bunch of people talking about this. I saw a lunch, people eating lunch and talking about it. an entire oh, cafeteria yeah. full of people yeah. talking about this. Okay. So I think it's, it's in the, it's in the Zeitgeist. Oh, that's great. Okay. Oh, is it taking place at Zeitgeist? I don't know what that is. It's a bar. It's a bar. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> it's taking place. So it, it's, it's a, first and foremost, it's like, uh, an internet jam. So you just, you make a thing and you submit it to the website, but there also so like happens internet to be, boiled with some sugar. Yeah. 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 Oh, by the way, I talked to a friend of mine. He said probably the, uh, the beer jam, beer jam had like fruit pectin in it. Uh, probably. That would not surprise me. Um, wait, but- so like a bird, a bird put the fruit in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so <laughs> you submit games on the, uh, the itch.io page and you can find it. I don't, I don't remember the URL, but if you search Twitter for tcart one K, it's a hashtag that people are using to talk about it. You can probably find it that way. Um, how are they spelling cart? Uh, with a C. Okay. T E A C A R T one K. Um, but also if you happen to be in the Bay area, there's a physical instantiation of the jam at, um, if you find, uh, I, there's information about how to get there. It's, it's, um, it's, it's near the city. Do you have to solve a bar. puzzle? What's up? Do you have to solve a puzzle to the find the puzzle? The puzzle you have to solve is like reading the webpage. Where's it at? What's up? Where is it? What place is it at? Oh, it's at, uh, Stevie's Warehouse, the Fortress Col- Colossum, I think is what it's called. It's a, it's a, place where like <laughs> what <Did> they film <laughs> weird porn <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if they do that they do a bunch of stuff there sometimes they host concerts but it's also like like six people live there okay oh, got fucking hippies <laughs> yeah they're cool people sure is it which city they're is because that they don't have a heater it's it's near the civic center bart so it's okay. sf well you didn't say which civic region it was the center of but bart I guess there could be more than one civic center Bart in the world. That sounds. I'm I'm dubious of that. How yeah, many like Barts Bart are there? Really? Delona, Spain. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's the thing I've been doing. <clears throat> I'm excited. Who decided to put this on? Was it you? It was. It was us collectively. Okay. Um, we were we were talking about um 
so Stevie runs at the warehouse like a just a, a game. It's called Hype O'Clock Game Dev and Tea Time. Hype uh, O'Clock. Yes. Okay. Um, and that's like the something like the third Saturday of every month. Um, and God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not. The te- I'm sure the definition isn't something like the third Saturday. But <laughs> okay, Thanksgiving-ish of each month. <laughs> it's on Labor uh, Day. I, I borrowed my sister's car in January, and I've got on the street I live. There's street sweeping on like the first and third Wednesday on the left side of the street, and the first and third Thursday on the right side of the street. <laughs> but January, this January. The last day of the year was Wednesday and the first day of the year was Thursday. So the first and third, the first Wednesday and Thursday were not adjacent to each other. Right. Which was something that was very unintuitive and I just like lucked out of not running into screwing myself over. You know, I would, I would be okay with adopting a schedule for that kind of thing, like street cleaners, Mm -hmm. where on months that had a 31st, those guys can just have the day off. So, uh-huh. like, this is good. like well, we're going to clean the street on the February. They have to work really hard and on the twelfth of every month. <laughs> you no, know, no, some of the streets just don't get cleaned, hmm. and those are the extra. That's how you determine where the romantic districts are, the ones where you know there's a the lot of windows smells blacked out with garbage and stuff. So it's it's moodily lit. <laughs> no, seriously, those are incomprehensible. The anything I, that's on the nth day of the month, the nth X of the month, where X is a weekday, the second oh, Friday God. before the second full moon of the month, if it has one. Yeah, that'd be a very dirty street. That's a blue moon, right? Does yeah. is there ever a month that does not have a full moon? Yes, really. I thought the well, moon I meant twenty eighth. Second full moon is what I was saying. Is it possible yeah, yeah. for a? I guess I guess you could possibly have a February. You could have a February without a full moon, right? Yeah. I don't know, right? Like, I think the full if, moon if is, the moon the cycle moon is, like how many, is twenty-eight how days. How many days is the moon considered to be full? Just for like one instant. Yeah, one second. Okay. Not even one second. Like one 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 infinity a, a point of a second in time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. Like I don't know what's the what's what's like an atom of time. Planck length. What was that? Oh yeah, a plank link. Yeah, a plank a plank constant of time. Yeah. So the sun can walk one it's plank. It's the sun. <laughs> when <laughs> when is the full sun? Hmm. That's most of the time during the day, I think. Except during eclipses. Right. Or when so you're inside. On, yeah. on average. <laughs> that's that's also kind of eclipse. Okay. Oh sure, it's like a roof eclipse. Yeah. Or like a you sometimes you have a partial sunglasses eclipse. <laughs> hmm. What have you been up to, Riff? Uh not much. Um slowly getting all my shit packed for uh preparations of moving. But how's that going? Are you are you finding long lost treasures? I find finding rare some, sauces. Uh, it, <laughs> well, I found I found my old uh, deck of uh, my old one thousand blank white cards deck from the game that I used to play in Pittsburgh. They are neither blank nor white at this point. Uh, they're yeah. white enough 1, that you would still call them white. They aren't cards. like they aren't like forty years old. They haven't. Okay. <clears throat> 
I don't even know how long it takes paper to start browning like that. Acid-free paper will last forever. Ooh. It will last until the sun goes supernova. Until somebody in splashes acid on it. 2019. Yeah. The, the times when we played most of those games of blank white cards, I doubt any of that paper is acid-free. And all of the other people you played <laughs> oh, with. I get are... your joke about drugs. Yep. Hmm. I wonder, I'd like to see data on like, you could look, you could look at the hex values. How far from um, full RGB does it take before people will stop calling something white? Hmm. That's, like a, a, that's a complicated question because the lighting is so variable. Like, are these walls white? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm imagining to make it simpler. These walls are like, like it's a monitor Navajo emitting gray, emitting Navajo the color. Oh, okay. What did the, what did the right. property management company lady get? Navajo white is what they. I think that's a color. God damn it. <laughs> also, there's a whole industry based <laughs> the around first like Navajo of the month. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole industry based around. Uh, um, having reliable looking color swatches, right? Yeah, yeah. Those, but those are all only good for like a year before they're. they're, oh, I didn't they're know that. They tell you that they're no longer. They're expired. Valuable. Yeah. Couldn't you well, put them behind that expensive <laughs> museum glass? Before the company that makes them and you. charges out the ass for them expects you to buy another one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I was realizing that I hadn't heard people refer to like seasonal seasonal complexions like. Like you, you might be an autumn, for example. Right. I haven't heard people refer to that in, in like fifteen years, and now I realize it's actually really racist. Like huh. o- only white people can be any of the four seasons. Interesting. I mean, well, only white people were in the four seasons, right? Like, like the hotel. <laughs> I meant Frankie Valli's band. Like oh. they don't. You meant Vivaldi's. They symphony. don't have to be white. They just were. Oh yeah. That. I never really understood what that meant, but, but I mean, is it not okay for there to be a series of designations for different kinds of white people? I mean, it seems like they're <laughs> probably racist. Sure fine. <laughs> Bigots. But it was never framed that way. It was framed as like, here are the kinds of fashion that exist. Oh, yeah. But I feel like that's a, that's a common trope of... White people. Well, imperialists. Yeah, jokes, jokes about here, white people in the here, 80s. Yeah. The way things are. It seems like something that, like, uh, the woman in uh, Edward Scissorhands <clears throat> would have said sure, about one yeah. of her neighbors when she was selling Avon. I don't know. Was she an Avon lady? She was. Ding dong. Avon calling. I haven't heard that since the 80s either. Yeah. I mean, Edward Scissorhands was in the 90s. Well, it was I meant in real life. Yeah. Parodying. Edward Scissorhands did not happen in real life. <laughs> well, maybe not for you. I'm not sure that Johnny Depp even happened in real life. <laughs> have you guys been playing any video games? I have been playing a video game. Uh, and I am I think maybe it, it should become our new um, official mascot video game. Okay. It is, it's called uh, Heads Up Hot Dog. Okay, and it is a uh, it is a video game where you where hot dogs pop into existence in the air, hmm. and then uh, and people are walking by, and you pick up the hot dog and you try to put it on one of their heads, and you get points if you can balance the hot dog on their head, and if they carry it off the screen, you get a big <laughs> bonus. That's good. And 
hot dogs you, continue this, to pop into existence. This isn't a video game, right? This is a regular <laughs> game that you play out in yeah, the Yeah, this is just the window of your office. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I've been on the show for like 15 episodes, and this is the first time we've ever actually talked about hot dogs. So I, I'm just really glad to be here for this moment. Oh, it's good. Yeah, you were you were getting more and more disappointed every yeah. show Listen, that went. I hate to be the Shatner on Saturday Night Live, but it's just a name. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe for you it is. I mean, I came. Are you I came Shatnering on, here on my point? To talk about hot dogs. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> listeners come. To, they listen to the show wanting to hear about hot dogs. Here's the thing. Uh, it did not take us 186 episodes to say everything we had to say about hot dogs. <laughs> you started, you got, we were done like half an hour into episode one and then yeah. we had to think of something else to talk about. Yeah. We're, we're here to talk about video games and hot dogs. Ooh. We're all out of bubblegum. <laughs> hey, you're lucky Man, you guys ever have any of that hot around. dog bubblegum? Hot dog bubblegum. Is yeah. it bubblegum that it, tastes like hot dogs? No, it's just shaped like hot dogs. Okay. It was, that just, sounded really not I'm just good. imagining what would it take to like to treat a hot dog such that you could just chew it indefinitely. Ugh. <laughs> Formaldehyde. Like <laughs> Could you I mean <clears throat> a rubberized hot dog. Can you vulcanize this meat? Mm, live, live long meat. and prosper. <laughs> Kevin just threw up the horns. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was not the right. <laughs> live long and prosper. Yeah, hang, hang, hang loose and prosper. <laughs> hang ten. Uh, anyway, uh, it's great. Uh, it's got uh, art by uh, Diego Garcia, and uh, he is he is awesome. And so I, I recommend that you all play it. Is this a phone game or? It is a phone game. It might only be iOS. How many dollars does it cost? It was one dollar. It is less than the cost of a tolerable hot dog. Exactly. I bought it just now while you guys were talking about it. You should report in. Yeah. Let us know. That could be your game for this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You go last. This <laughs> is like the person who doesn't quite know what they want at the, at the restaurant. Uh, I've been playing Alcazar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did that? Oh, yeah. That actually like released. Yeah. What's up? That was actually finally released, right? Uh, I I this is it was that like weird like June puzzle game. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was playable on a browser. Well, that was it. That was just the preview of it. Sure, wasn't it? Like it was like twenty levels, it and then was it was like still, coming out eventually. I feel like twenty levels of that game is that game enough of that to game. some extent. Like it's enough to give you a sense of it yeah i mean so it's so this game is um it's a puzzle game where you are given a grid um a, an enclosed grid with with some of the spaces having exits and then some of the um lines some of the grid lines are filled in indicating that you cannot cross them and you're they supposed to draw walls. what's up they are walls yes they are walls <laughs> and you're supposed to draw a continuous line covering every square I'm making only right turns in the middle of each grid space from an exit to another exit. Or from perhaps an entrance to an mm -hmm. exit. Yeah, but they don't distinguish. They don't distinguish. You don't know at first which one is. In yeah. fact, you don't even know afterwards which one is. Oh, yeah. There's no directionality. Yeah. I mean, also, so if you cared, you would just go around <laughs> at that point, right? So, so it's a bit like <clears throat> Slitherlink, but without the, uh, without the loop or uh, – and. Without the loop or the numbers and with the addition of walls. 
Yeah, it's you still have to you still have to go over every space in the yes, yeah, that's the, true. You don't have to in do the maze. Yeah, like either. And I found this like starting out. I found this to be really intuitive and fun. Um, and then like probably fifty or sixty puzzles in, it started getting hard enough that I'm like, I feel like I'm yeah. just mostly guessing most of the time. Interesting. Um, do the constraints become? I've, you know, I played the the sort of demo version and enjoyed it, and the, the last couple were hard but still doable. And it was a beautiful so, implementation. Looks very oh nice. yeah, no, it's, it's really good on the web. phone too. Like, yeah, it was really, I was really impressed with how readily. Because normally that's the kind of thing like I'm going to click on this, get pissed off, and try to remember to go to this website later when I'm on a real computer mm-hmm. yeah. so that I can play this game. But it's then playable it just on a worked, phone and it was like amazing. HTML5 or something. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it it yeah, I I was surprised that like the interface I. I when I looked up later, I looked up um, Alcazar strategies. Um, There's already. I saw you tweeting about this. Yeah, I think I, that's when, when I woke up this morning. I was reading about this and learned a lot before I yeah. even got out of bed. Yeah, <laughs> because the the obvious tricks that that you can identify immediately upon starting the game do not get you far enough to to get through the later puzzles. Huh. Interesting. Right. So the first Alcazar strategy I found googling for it was called. Checkerboard parody. Parity. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kevin, are you familiar? It seems like you're a puzzle guy. It seems like you would know this term. I don't know it off the top of my head, but... It, he might just intuitively Yeah, yeah. The idea is, it's it. a, on a checkerboard, it's alternating black and white squares. Right. And so in a situation like this, um, if there's an even number of squares in a region, you have to enter that and exit that region in opposite colors. I see. And that's that was enough of an insight that I was able to then go on and solve like the next, well, I, I have, I, I am at like puzzle 200 now and wow. have not stopped. Jesus. There's a lot of puzzles. Yeah. There's, if if I multiply out, there's a uh, not 200 in the game. So I'm at puzzle like 150. Okay. <laughs> um, so there's one puzzle for every hour and a week. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking about the, the 32 hour weeks? And, yes. And I, if you look at like the tips section in the Alcazar app, <clears throat> it tells you how to use the interface. It tells you, oh, you can draw right. a wall by mm-hmm. like doubling back on yourself. It, and it's like a, it, okay, that's good to know, but it's not actually a strategy. It's not a tip. I wouldn't call it a tip at all. And maybe like, Maybe I just jumped to the uranium, right? Maybe I just jumped to the big hammer and should have like worked my way up with like with less effective strategies or strategies, even strategies I devised myself. Hmm. But like, I don't know. Do you guys remember the Rubik's cube? Mm -hmm. Do you like, I, I, I was not like cognizant of what the culture was like when this thing was introduced, but I get the sense that when it was started being mass produced, it was not a solved puzzle. That nobody really knew how to solve it. I mean, so my uncle, who I would not characterize as a particularly curious or intellectual guy, could pretty readily solve a Rubik's Cube at an arbitrary level of scrambling pretty fast right so which is we which is weird he just like memorized the algorithm for solving i think so right he certainly did not memorize lists of moves you know he like Hmm. 
he also had, he also had, this probably explains it. He had an alternate Rubik's Cube, the faces of which were a pornography. Um, <laughs> oh, those so, are harder because they have yeah. to. Yeah. Unless the, that's all, well, unless I the mean, skin colors of the people involved are unique. They're also easier because why the fuck would you ever scramble it up? I mean, like, you would scramble up your friend's copy of it, I guess. Well, just I, to- I have never heard of, <laughs> well, like... your wife's coming home. Oh, 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 I'm sure these people exist, but I've never heard of somebody solving a Rubik's Cube without, like, explicitly memorizing macros... Yeah. That makes <clears throat> when, make very particular movements. Yeah, when I started looking, like, I, I sort of felt... Eh, this was five, six years ago. I bought a Rubik's Cube... And it had a guide on how to solve it. I was like, I should learn how to solve a Rubik's Cube because that is like a sort of puzzle literacy thing that I feel like would maybe benefit me a little bit to have. And it was like, all right, well, here's how you do a side. And then here's how you do the adjacent sides to that. Now start doing all of these bullshit sequences that you just have to memorize patterns for. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't want anything to do with this at all. Don't care anymore. Yeah. Like this this is just over. Like, uh, you clearly don't have to do that because a lot of people. I'm not convinced that's true. Like, I, I can't imagine a human being getting to that point without like it. It's so difficult to get like from like the one one slice solved to two even, and that just requires memorizing one macro. Hmm. Um, that I, I I'm having a really hard time imagining like any regular human being solving this thing without aid, aid of a mathematician. I mean, it's it's easy for me to imagine somebody with a thousand times the spatial skills that I have because maybe, my spatial yeah. skills are garbage. So, I mean, maybe yours are good enough that it's uh, even it would be, 20% it would increased is inconceivable. Spatially like, adept as me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but Alcazar. But yeah, what I was getting at was like... Which is I, a type of Spanish <clears throat> castle. Yeah, when I was Googling for Alcazar, I had to, oh, Alcazar game strategies. Okay, that's a different... <laughs> this is a, it was just teaching you how to lay siege to a Spanish <laughs> castle. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, this is not what I want. Yeah. Hurl, hurl pox corpses over the wall. Wait a minute. What the, the tips didn't tell me how to do that. I've murdered like Where 50 peasants accidentally. Corpse? It was terrible. They started selling twice as many of the games when they started putting in advertisements that you should solve it with two fingers at a time. Is that a joke? That's an it's, it's a super oblique reference. Yeah, I get it. Wow, that's that's actually yeah. yeah. Are you are you sure? I approve of that in retrospect. Are you sure that you believe that? Because it, it was something that was reported that's by anecdotal. one Malcolm X Gladwell. Um, <laughs> Malcolm, Malcolm X Gladwell. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that was that actually figured into uh, the mystery hunt. Malcolm X and Malcolm Gladwell. And Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I so it's already a solved problem. So the Rubik's cube. Um, it, the reason I bring it up is that I don't think it was a solved problem when it was released, and right. then it became it one. became one. Um, and I'm actually suspecting. Like my first reaction was like, well, why didn't they just tell us about checkerboard parody? You know, when you know that in the app itself. But I remember. I think the app launched in like June. Why isn't this app just a series of pictures of already solved puzzles? <laughs> well, that's another thing is like, okay, maybe I'm supposed to like figure that out, but I don't, 
And that would actually be like if if they managed to train you up somehow using like just level design to have that insight, that would be incredible. Hmm. But I don't think that would happen to me. I would have what would happen. What was going to happen to me if I hadn't looked done that search was just like I keep guessing for a while and I'm like, yeah. okay, and I mean, eventually it, it at like, least get sick of it has mechanics to facilitate that because you can you can do a few moves and then lock them in and then yeah do a yeah, few moves it makes it and they do make it really work, easy to guess but, a lot yeah um just incidentally for, i don't think that's their goal i think it's the their goal to like make it really easy to try like a, to to do, do things more methodically and still go back um right. but just incidentally it makes it easy to guess as well um but i do think what we're seeing right now is that we're we're seeing people solving like the smart the smart puzzle solvers who do this sort of thing a lot. Um, we're seeing pe- them develop the strategies in real time. I think that's why they didn't like at launch have this information out there. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I yesterday I definitely would have recommended. Yeah, just fucking look up this concept <laughs> before you start playing Alcazar, and you'll enjoy yourself more. But I. I don't know. Maybe if you're a genius, uh, maybe you won't. I mean, it's it's. A, I mean, it's as as these sorts of ple- of puzzles go, it's pleasant. But I think I still prefer a Nurikabe or a Slitherlink. Sure. Is Slitherlink really the name of a genre of puzzle? I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's more than one. It's name the one for where it, you're but... drawing grid lines around number fields. Is Nurikabe as dumb a word in Japanese as Slitherlink is in English? <laughs> it is the name of a sort of mythological wallman monster. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it has another meaning besides that. Huh? What kind of monster? What? What? Describe this wallman monster. Well, uh, okay, we imagine a, a sort of monster that you would describe as a wall man. A what? Uh, okay. Uh-huh. There you uh, go. I didn't know there was a wall there. What's going on? <laughs> uh, well, so, I mean, we have, you know, we have the lurker above, oh, yeah. which is yeah. the ceiling man. Mm-hmm. We have the trapper, which is a floor <laughs> man. Floor man. Yeah. We have the butler, the, the which is a regular old door mimic, man. which is your box man. A chest man. Chest man, yeah. <laughs> we have a caryatid column, which is... Really? Was that a monster? Yeah. Yeah. It was in like the in the big the beginners. Yeah, that monster one wasn't manual. in was NetHack. Like Monster Manual One. Well, I was don't in remember Net that one. one. That one wasn't in NetHack. Oh, it wasn't. All the others yeah, were. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it might have been in Fiendfolio. Except for the butler. Actually. Oh yeah, you might be right. I always get I get those memories mixed up because I didn't have either of them, but I mm. borrowed I borrowed them from a guy that worked for my dad in in a sequence that I don't really remember. The Fiendfolio ones tended to be the kind of, the the weirder ones because yeah. it was like the second squad of them. <laughs> and I remember the the cover of that book said like a catalog of creatures malevolent and benign or huh. or benevolent and malign and I couldn't remember oh. which but then I remember it occurring to me it's weird that malevolent benign malevolent yeah, benevolent and, and benign and malevolent and benign. No, there's two sets of antonyms that are very, very similar, but swapped, right? Benevolent, malign, malevolent, benign. Yeah. 
So and then you realized morphemes. Yeah, but yeah. it's still interesting. Yeah. Also, I realized that part of the reason that uh, none of the the Hispanic residents of the neighborhood that the office is in in Mesa like going to Fiesta Mall is because <laughs> it means bad party. <laughs> <laughs> and why would you go there? Just, just, just like to see the train wreck. Just to go to fucking lens crafters, like, I, like, yeah, you're, you're right. This is terrible. <laughs> so, just malls in general are just a bad scene mm-hmm. in uh, Spanish speaking, but especially ones that have Spanish words before the name of the mall. Oh, true. I don't know. Is there anything that having a bad version of it means it's good? Uh, bad dentist. Bad. Uh, You're just trying every noun. <laughs> sure. <laughs> bad aardvark. <laughs> bad. Bad nightmare. Bad Santa. Okay, there you go. It's a bad nightmare. Uh, I played a bunch of. Uh, speaking of bad nightmares, I played uh, a couple hours, probably not a couple hours, of uh, Darkest Dungeon, which is a game that is. It's, 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 it's making the rounds. It was a Kickstarter for a bunch of money and then it's in early access now, but it is a sort of a weird, very highly abstracted dungeon crawl game. <clears throat> like you, there's a map of rooms that you're moving between, but most of this stuff happens like you pick a room to go to, and then all you're doing is sort of using W and D to... That's probably not the right letters. S, uh, W, A, S, D. You're using A and D <laughs> to move your entire party, like, just left to right on the screen. In a, There's, like, every pair of rooms has a hallway between it that you're moving through, and that hallway has a series of encounters that might happen in it. But you basically, like, form a party of dudes. You recruit some dudes from the, like, caravan in your town, and then... They just sort of go crazy and die over the course of a bunch of horrible shit happening to them. Huh. It's just this brutally difficult dungeon crawl thing where you're just sort of like XCOM style, like meant to lose a lot of dudes. Huh. And they get, they like have this kind of stress meter. And when the stress meter fills up, they will go insane and develop like a negative character trait, which is like, oh, I have. <clears throat> kleptomania so sometimes when you go to open a chest i will steal it and you won't get it Hmm. or all of this terrible shit that like the the, like and some of the good character traits are like and maybe these aren't good but there was one that they're they're neither benign nor malign (laughs) yeah anytime you open something that might have books in it this woman would be like me, 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 me. So if it was a thing that was trapped and you sent your rogue to open it, the the priest who was obsessed with learning things would rush forward and do it instead and spring the trap and die. And, like, the Steam forums for this game consist of two different things. One is people saying this game is way too random and... The other is people saying, for people who are saying this game is way too random, you're just terrible at this game. But I think the game is way too random. (laughs) I started two games, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe it's not important that the first thing that you try to do be effective in this game. But, like, I did 
I didn't really learn anything between playthroughs, but the first time I got through the tutorial, it is absolutely possible to die during the tutorial because of bad die rolls. Interesting. Which uh, it that does sound too random. That's kind of bullshit. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. There's some pen and paper role playing game where one of the things that people talk about is like, oh man, your character can die while you're rolling your character yeah, up. Traveler. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, you know, haha, fuck that. Like, Sids. <laughs> it was a real long character creation process, too. Traveler was not a simple game. Yeah, at least Sids would have been early yeah. in the process. Like, for just first roll a d6, and if it if you don't roll a 6, Sids. So, <laughs> it's... If you don't roll a 6. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, you can just lose during the tutorial if you get unlucky, because it's a lot of, like, that thing that, you know, long-time listeners will know that I just fucking love in a turn-based RPG is, yeah, this attack has a 60% chance of hitting. Okay, cool. I guess I'll just do that a bunch of times. Each time, exactly as much fun as the previous one, like, figuring out whether I'm going to do it or not, because fucking of course I am, because that's my only option, and sometimes it just won't work, and that's cool, I guess. But, so, in the two playthroughs, in one of them, I took my initial party of characters into the dungeon after spending a lot of my initial allotment of gold on supplies for them, they all died, and now I have nothing. And I can go back and I can recruit a slightly smaller group of people to spend my none of my money that I have left on torches and food and shit for them to send them back in. So, okay, that's pretty cool, I guess. I guess this is a super bleak game. And then the second time, I went in with my initial party of characters and cleared out the dungeon and walked out with, like, four times as much gold as I walked in with. Okay. And, and you did nothing different between the first nope. and the second game? It, the first time, it rolled up a dungeon with, like, 15 combats in it, and the second time, it rolled up a dungeon with, like, four combats in it. Okay. Well, dungeons for you. That's yeah, I guess realistic. it is. And you could, I mean, I guess you are meant to bail on a lot of things. You're meant to, like, flee without accomplishing the main goal keep the treasure that you got. And it's, you know, the game is theoretically kind of a more luck kind about, of like, upgrading yeah. your town than it is about okay. keeping guys with you. But, like, I don't know. I think we'll we'll get to this in, in Sunless Sea. But I... I don't think... So... It's fine for a game to make you feel bad, right? It's fine for a game to be like, you know, this war of mine or, or, or papers, please, or, or cart life or whatever, where it's like the experience of playing this game is supposed to be like, you know, teach you how stressful something is. Like, I don't actually care how stressful it is to live in a fake medieval world filled with malevolent animated skeletons because <laughs> That's not anything that anybody has ever really had to deal with. And so the way that I want to interact with that fiction is to be the guy that kills the skeletons and it's awesome, right? I don't so you're not like, interested in like in this hard SF treatment of the fantasy setting of the what would a dungeon with filled with skeletons really be like? I mean, I'm interested in that as a backdrop, right? But yeah. I'm not I'm not what I'm not interested in is a game that is fundamentally about resource management, having a bunch of things you can do where you spend resources to see if you can go out and get no resources at all. 
right? Like that just sucks and makes me want to stop playing the game as opposed to like, I don't know, teaching me something about what it's like to be poor, you know, like, and that's, and that's kind of, you know, spoiler alert for the future. That's kind of my problem with Sunless Sea. Darkest Dungeon will just say, all right, you have this set of resources, you know, including like maybe characters that you sort of care about a little bit because they've gotten lucky on their last five die rolls. So now you like them. Now you feel like they're someone you can trust as opposed to (laughs) some useless plague doctor bullshit who none of his skills make any fucking sense. Why does this class even exist? Uh, for instance, yeah, <laughs> like, or, oh, that's that guy who the sum total of his existence as a resource to me was he tried to attack four times, missed every time, and then got, got killed by something that I had no control over at all. SIDS. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I guess it makes sense that he wasn't. Not very effective maybe it, fighter. It was SADS. SADS. Yeah. Sudden adventurer death syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, like, if, if I had had better luck, I would be so in love with this game. Hmm. But because I didn't, I just think of it as a thing that is kind of bullshit that I'm not really interested in playing anymore because it is a thing where it's like, all right, this is going to take up a bunch of my time. And then <coughs> see, here's the rub, right? If it's not fun, if the moment to moment play isn't fun. And the only thing that I'm actually deriving any enjoyment from is like watching an amount of gold go up. Why am I not just playing gold bullshit? Clicker? Gold go up pro. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's possible that like, say, you know, the moment-to-moment play of basketball yeah. is fun unless you are super, super shitty at basketball and everything you try to do with a basketball makes you feel terrible about yourself, right? So it's like you're not playing <laughs> to go up in the league. You're playing because it's a thing that like makes you feel like it's a thing that you can be good at and that it's worth doing. Whereas if the die rolls just say, like, no, nothing that you're going to do is going to work. It's not necessarily just like the bullshit metagame is the only thing that's fun about this. It's that like, well, well, no, like some games are just balanced to be unpleasant, right? Like the reason that we don't play, what's that fucking board? The talisman, that board game riff. Is that the board game with the bottomless pit that you jump over Um, on the other side? There's a bottomless pit. Like, uh, no, but that's, it's a similar game. Um, it was the Games Workshop one. Um, I can't think of the name offhand. I'll look it up. Keep talking. Yeah. Anyway, I just, you know. Too much randomness in the board game made you unhappy as well. Well, but, like, it being brutal in a way that you don't feel like you have any control over. Yeah. I mean, is it possible that you do have control? You just don't know what those controls are. I guess. And is that what those people on the forums are saying? Is if you think this game is random, you're just bad at it? I suppose maybe that's possible. Yeah, it was Dungeon Quest, I think. Ah, that's it. Yeah, that is the one. Every game that has the word dungeon in the title is I just the fact dangerous. the fact that the fact that the two experiences that I had were so so different without me having done anything all that different because you're not really making that many choices, especially that early on. Like 
you know, you have these guys, I guess you could go in with less than a full party. Do That's you a choice that have you a make. bunch of choices in who you take in? You not for the first mission for the first mission. In both cases, it gave me the same class of characters that were like available in the pool. And that might've been a coincidence because the second day's characters were different in both cases. But in the first one, it starts you out with two guys that are like your guys from the tutorial and they're always the same. And you know, no, maybe it did give me different guys the second time around. So it could be that some classes are just way more survivable than other classes. And I happen to get more survivable ones the second time around. I mean, if, if you have the option to just leave, yeah, that's when you talked about cutting and running, that made me think of like poker where that's a heavily randomized game, but the strategic decision you're making is whether or not to cut and run in any given, any given instance. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that might just be the game. And if so, that's probably not a very good power fantasy. <laughs> right. I, mean, I don't I like that's the thing. Like the people who say they don't like this game, they're being made fun of for just wanting everything to be an empowerment fantasy. I don't think that's what I want, but I guess nobody thinks that's what they want. Uh, you don't want a disempowerment uh, simulator. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's well, like, that was the path, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it, like if your only option for dealing with an unexpected bad thing that occurs is to quit. That's kind of like not having an option, right? Well, that's your only option to begin with, right? Yeah. But then you develop a a larger suite of tools, one yeah. would assume. Your, but it's not like it's all it, different ways to quit. But it's right? not an, it's not really an interesting press your luck at that point. I mean, I guess it, you know, if Leaving the dungeon without finishing the quest makes all of your people extra crazy or whatever. There was also this other shit where it's like when your person gets maximally stressed out, their metal gets tested. And sometimes they will develop, uh, you know, some fucking insanity effect that ruins them <clears throat> for the rest of the game. Sometimes they'll get awesomer. Sometimes, oh, I found an untapped well of reserve and now I have four extra hit points. Like, ugh, okay. Like... I guess this is the point in the game where we flip a coin and it's either hooray or fuck you. Like that's and nothing that you can do. So this is basically a very complicated crapo bapo simulator. <laughs> no, dick punch. <laughs> dick punch? Yeah. Okay. No, crapo bapo you always get punched in the dick. Well, that's you you only get punched in the dick if you don't understand what's happening cuz you can you can avoid it, right? <laughs> I guess you can train yourself to never look at someone's left hand. <laughs> that's the one they wipe with. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, that's true. You know, you certainly never shake it. Ah, oh, man, to be a left-handed person in that culture. Uh, you, right. It's like that game. I don't know if you guys ever had this in your like junior high or whatever, where it's like, if you can get someone to look through a ring that you've made out of your index finger and thumb oh, yeah. below your shoulders, then you get to, you get to slug them. Slug bug or something? No, that's punching someone. Whenever you oh, see. That is, oh, you're whenever you're car. driving and you see. When you're driving belt. and you see. Oh, below, below the, the belt. sounds way harder. Yeah. I, I heard that you uh, you played um, Get Down, Mr. President, for the first time. I did, that, yeah. That's good. I, well, I, if you mean 
you heard that a bunch of my asshole friends tackled me in an elevator. Yep. Then, yes, that is a thing that happened. Oh, that's a so good this game. is a game like 52 Pickup? No. That- no, it's uh, basically a bunch of people are standing around. Theoretically, a bunch of people who know how this game works. It's- Otherwise, it's not particularly fair. Basically, one person will put his fingers yeah, listening- to his to- ear as though he's listening to something in a headset. Secret service. And then yeah. start looking around knowingly at the other people. And the last person to do it is or the president. The, the person who and- doesn't do it. And yeah. you yell, get down, Mr. President, and then all of the people tackle that yeah. person. <laughs> That's great. Which is fucking awesome. It's a great game. It's really good. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I like, forget that it exists, but it's, it's fantastic. Oh, man. That's horrible. It's not, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things so where horrible. it's like, I can imagine as like an 11 year old thinking that is fucking barbaric and I want nothing to do with any of that bullshit. But like, no, that's the, like, now that's that the good kind of thing that frat guys come up with. <laughs> like, and this game could actually kill you. That's, yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> yep. No, I mean, it's just, I, I'm actually pretty on board with bros icing bros. <laughs> like, that's a clever thing. You have 40 years carried around in your pants a bottle of Smirnoff yeah, Ice. Yeah, I keep Just I, waiting. I, I've been buying these extra pants with, a, with an ice, an ice pocket. pocket. Yeah, in the... Yeah. A ice yeah. bucket. I did. The only time... To be fair, the only time anybody ever did try that on me, I had one with me because I had... I had been had, forewarned. I had been, yeah, I'd been clued in to the fact that it was going to happen. And it felt pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> Like, oh, you thought you were going to make me drink this thing that's sort of gross, huh? Well, turns out you have to drink two of them. Oh, well. Anyway. Yes. That's my video game, Darkest Dungeon. I got to pee. Okay. Let's take a little break. Boop, boop. Hey, do we, uh, yeah. Whoop. It'll be fine. Okay. Did, did Riff go? Did Riff talk about a game? Not yet. Oh. It's the- Second, can pee. And then yeah, you go pee while we talk about it. I always forget somebody. I always forget whoever goes last. <laughs> you need to like, make an iPad app. I we do have like we one do it in a checklist. game to talk about. We anyway, do it in a so. different order every time. Is some anime bullshit? No, it's, uh, it's edutainment. Is that oh. the name of the game? Is no. edutainment? No. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> the name I'll, of the game I'll, is Robot School. <laughs> huh. Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds awesome. Like anime. Do you are the are the robots teaching or learning? Uh, did, are, are 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 we going to talk about this now or are you going to the bathroom? Uh, Zach is gone. Let's so, just let's, let's talk about this in an environment that, that where me. where people like actually care about games. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um. So it is it is one of those games that purports to teach children uh, computer programming by basically playing Robo Rally. Okay. Uh, like huh. You've got a robot and you've got a goal and you give the robot a string of commands that are like directions and rotations and you see if it gets to the goal. And in this particular case, the robot has a limited amount of energy to, to execute instructions so that hmm. you have to, you so have to more figure gamey. out how to use like loops and subroutines and so on because, because that takes less energy than, you know, doing the walk command 10 times in a row. For example, but if you have if you have walk and uh, you define that as a subroutine and then yeah, but if you have a loop ten walk right, then that costs less energy. Okay, and and uh, is it just measuring the number of opcodes? Um, I don't know exactly. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's okay. It's it's 
they said specifically right on the iTunes webpage or that, you know, this, hey, this is also a good logic puzzle game for grownups if you like those. And I was like, yeah, I, I do like those. I like a robo rally. Yeah. So I picked it up and it's okay. It, I like these sort of games and I attribute these sort of games to the fact that I feel like I would be a pretty decent programmer if I knew actually any programming languages. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like that's just a thing where you just need to sit down and learn some syntax. And yeah, I probably just done. need to learn the vocabulary of one particular language and then I'll then I'll be able to code something. But Right. I mean, there yeah, are definitely okay. tricks that you would probably learn over time to avoid common sort of programming or you know, programming mistakes and algorithm issues and stuff like that but yeah. i think that's yeah are, that's we, are just we just experience. having a conversation about learning to code now because i could get into that yeah <laughs> yeah i used to do a bunch of way back in the day i did a ton of hypercard programming there you Got go pretty good at that and i uh once i i did that um i did that electronics kit that was like the little uh eight by eight uh rgb led grid with game button controls on it and i yeah you like made yeah, a bejeweled like, from scratch yeah i, I, that was I cool. scratch programmed bejeweled into nice. it using something that's akin to c whatever variant of c uh yeah. a, a a what do you call those things raspberry pi or whatever there yeah uh, riff the i mean one i feel like you whatever. have the facility to yeah be a programmer you just don't really, yeah i just don't know a you don't care language. to like do it as a do it as you a know, job Hypercard were still a thing it would totally be a popular indie game development platform you know that's probably true Hypercard i only hear it good. spoken of in hushed tones and i don't know anything about what kind of thing it even is like what is it was, it? it was well it was the, like a sort of a Paint program slash GUI like layout toolkit slash programming language. Yeah, I mean for, the the metaphor was like you have a stack Macintoshes. of index cards, and you can draw or write whatever you want on each individual index card, and then give you could also and put, put buttons, buttons and on them on and and provide code that determines what other card you go to next in the stack when you click a button. And, and things like yeah, that. And then there was just a programming language that could let you do arbitrary transformations to the cards. So. Yeah. So it was like a little bit, a little bit HTML and a little bit PowerPoint. Yeah. And I mean, kind of Twine, maybe. Yeah. There's a, a little bit of like, Twine in the sense of like it's easy <coughs> to build things without really knowing what you're doing. Yeah. Because it seemed like there was Windows card file, which was nothing like that that but was that. the windows 3.1 answer to hypercard oh. which and messing with card file is why i was always really confused as to why hypercard was set like it seems like if like a grandma was talking about how great hypercard was for organizing her recipes sure. then i wouldn't be confused <laughs> <laughs> right yeah no the, looking back on it like i'm actually really surprised like the glorious train wreck scene the way they've embraced uh click and play they haven't like here's how to run hypercard in the mac emulator they haven't mm. done that or that somebody hasn't just made an open source thing that is hypercard like if it's so fucking great why isn't there anything else like it now well, notably like it would be really hard to i mean you could just make what it was and be make it be that nowadays but you couldn't make it so it existed on every person's computer well there would be that and also there would be like it the 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 magic of hypercard was a very particular tuning of power versus accessibility. 
And you'd want a different tuning nowadays because of the expe- different expectations. There's greater power and thus uh, more yeah, responsibility and, and less that accessibility. Tuning, I th- I'm sure they did it by accident, right? You, you, it's almost impossible to hit that sort of thing on purpose, right? Um, so, like trying to replicate that nowadays, that would be that would be the real challenge. Hmm. And I think like something like Game Maker might have just hit it better. Game Maker and Twine, like from different directions. I kind of like that early. My, you know, my first experience of, of computers was like just them dropping into a command line and you had to figure out what the hell was going on. And that was an amazing time. Like, I mean, I think that, that works for a very small portion of the audience, right? And we're all buddies. We're all buddies because we were all in that tiny minority. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking to, so our buddy, uh, Josh, who did the talk at Indicate East last year about like, uh, the days when enthusiast computer magazines would have basic source code in them that you would type in and, you know, have a game or a spreadsheet program or whatever on, on whatever computer it was a, a magazine about. And I, I sort of was talking to him about, like, do you actually think it's worse for kids now in any way than it was then? And he was like, well, if I had given the hour long version of that talk, I would have gotten to the second half, which was like, actually, it's way better now because any kid with access to the internet, which is basically every kid can learn how to do anything on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Like a kid who wants to learn, like we didn't learn how to program because we wanted to know how to do weird shit at the prompt when we turn the computer on, right? Like we knew that computer programming was a thing and saw that there was an opportunity to yeah, do that, it. Well, that was the case for me, but I do wonder how much people, like how many kids only discovered that programming was cool because they were trying to do anything at all with the computer. And that was what they figured out how to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do think that is an actual thing that like, there's a good number of people out there who, if they had had more games for their Commodore 64, oh yeah, yeah, they would never have bothered learning to code. Yeah, yeah that's. that's I mean, true. I had the VIC 20, and it's like, well, what what am I going to do on the VIC 20 today? I guess I've got this magazine with a bunch of stuff in the back that I could type into it. Yep. But certainly, like, certainly the opportunities are great, like much greater now. But, um. People still have to be aware that they exist, and there's like almost no better way to be aware that they, something exists by having it just shoved in your face by force. So, <laughs> I guess when you put it that way, it doesn't sound so great. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like me and all of the kids that went to my junior high had equal access to the TRS eighties in the lab. Mm-hmm. Write and, a program, Mister President, and <laughs> they asked us, you know, type in that like. There was like a class that where you know we were like typing this basic code. Yeah, actually, like the way to do like a typing class is you're typing something that actually does something. Sure, oh. but you know we all did this thing, and then I started changing it, and I was the only one that did oh, that's that. Interesting. Right? That's, yeah, that's like really notable. Everyone had access to that. No, that's that's actually yeah, exactly. And and that's like right. it's I think the kind of person that wants to do that is going to figure out how to do it, no matter what year it is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, only if they're aware that the concept even exists. So like that class is a excellent way to find to to find those people, right? Um, how long is it going to be before 
there's a class on genetics and one of the kids in the class is like, oh, what happens if I start messing with these base pairs? <laughs> right. What if I had two dicks? Because one is pretty awesome. Two, I'm assuming you're just uh, you're operating awesome. on your own genetics. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. sequencing your own uh, And DNA. also that there's probably some latent evolutionary. <laughs> it's just the, it's, there's yeah, just, it's just one, one bit that you flip. It's weird. <laughs> it's like they, they must have just changed their mind at the last minute about this model and how many dicks it was supposed to have. Yeah, that's good. So, Tails has two tails, right? From the Sonic series, you guys. Oh, know. sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, no. He has two. T- does, does that mean he also has two assholes? Tails. Oh. Of, uh, well, I know that Tales of Tails, Tale of Tails, <laughs> has two assholes. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, <laughs> You're going to video game hell. Hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> Traveler's Tales has one really cool guy we <laughs> we met. Uh-huh. Um, anyway. Uh, guys. Yeah. Is there any video games news? Peter Molyneux is uh, being yeah. Peter called the task. Mm, yeah. Used up the very, very last bit of his cred. Goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Kickstarter does if you're not careful with it. I feel yep. like this isn't news so much as just. Well, it's it's been a very long time coming. Like this is a very slow burn of like. But I don't the, think that anything has actually happened, right? It's the, just now well, everybody the, is the like. The news was like them actually saying, "Yeah, we're probably not going to be able to to do the things we said we're going to do." Yeah, yeah, there was there was a statement from yeah, one of the did developers. Anybody ever at any point believe that they were going to? That's that's why I'm confused. The thing, by so the thing that I think is different is he it's... used to do this, and it was a publisher's money that he was spending yeah. to make stuff and then like not delivering on the promises he made. And now, and now it's your for the first time money. it is like people backed him because he had promised to do a bunch of stuff and he's not delivering on it. And so like they are feeling it way more directly. Yep. Cause they did, they had the choice when the game that was disappointing before came out, whether or not they were going to buy it after it was already a completed project. And now they were sort of banking on him to actually be able to to do something. I do wonder, like, how many of those backers just... I mean, I think this is a thing that happens on Kickstarter a lot, is that what you're paying for more than the product itself is just the idea of the product. Because mm-hmm. that's a, that's what you get for sometimes years. That's all you get. Sure. Um, and it's so, so, so difficult for me to get into the headspace of somebody that is mad about something that they paid $10 for three years ago. Like, I just can't empathize with that kind of, like, buyer outrage. Because, like... Is it the magnitude of the the backing that makes it less valid in your mind? Or is it the... It's, okay, uh, like, even $100. Like, something that you spent... 10 hours of your hourly wage on mm-hmm. three years ago is meaningless to to whom though like what if what if you to the universe were anticipating this with with great fervor and had been following talking it. about what's meaningless to the universe it's just a much <laughs> yeah. conversation yeah i i don't know i, I mean what if you're really looking forward to goddess yeah <laughs> what if you were what like? Are, I, what if you were the guy whose who goddess was your prize for having won? Yeah, curiosity? that was a thing that happened, and then like yeah. apparently, 
he was supposed to get royalty checks. <sighs> yeah. yeah, but then it didn't make any money. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, that's not. That's also not what they said. They, they've said that it has made millions of dollars. Well, they said that the mobile app based on it, right, which is basically just a separate game. Like, they're, the free-to-play mobile thing that you played and spent 12 hours trying to figure out how to, I don't know, plow the maximal number of fields without giving that poor kid any money <laughs> in spite of all of the effort that he went to to hollow out that cube. Um, it's interesting that, that the internet has sort of turned on him, at least for this week. You know, I think it's just because there was no Molly Jam last year. Mm. <laughs> that made me sad. Planted a seed of... Yeah, Molly Dew has not been super active. Yeah, that's part of it. No, Peter Molyneux, fruit pectin. (laughs) Mm. Oh, jam. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I liked the the gap there that was (laughs) the, like, comprehension happening. It was good. Do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Sure. Oh, Arduino was the word I was trying to think of. Ah, okay. I think that's still out and around. Oh, yeah, that's that's totally still a thing. Okay. Yeah, you got me one for Christmas. I did. Before we move on to the assignment, Daybreak just laid a bunch of people off. Who's Daybreak? Uh, (laughs) Daybreak is what used to be Sony Online Entertainment. Like, they became Daybreak, like, four days ago. Yeah, Jesus. (laughs) Okay. Death of AAA happening in front of our eyes. I'm excited. I I feel like the death of AAA is... (laughs) been greatly exaggerated perhaps uh-huh. maybe i don't know that I, let I me have this come on i don't know that the forthcoming EverQuest games really count yeah. as like mainstream when, when ubisoft collapses MMOs are, we, can, we can have that party then mmos are a different thing you're right or activision so blizzard party. let's let's have a party on the graves of the families of all of these poor employees who can no longer yeah well, I, I don't mean, know apocalypse party is the best party well, it's the last party. <laughs> is the last party necessarily the best party? So this is I wrote. Yeah. Oh, sunless Sea. Sunless Sea. Sorry, that yawn presaged. <laughs> so I think I am alone amongst the four of us in somebody who just had not really played any Fallen London at all. So this was... Riff? Totally... I, I played, yeah, a fair amount. Not okay. recently, but... Uh, few years ago i don't think i was aware that this game was so closely tied to the the game of fallen london oh yeah in terms of setting and and plot yeah well when it's asked me to to log into my fallen london account when i started up the game and i was like huh yeah and then it and then it became much more clear as it was like oh over here is the echo bazaar and you you know you're yeah that's something you guys might want to consider for you know doing a kol related project in the future is how alienating it can be to a new player oh no i was actually talking about like really really vividly um connect obviously linking the two yeah Mm. so my experience with linking my fallen london account to to Sunless Sea was I did something in Fallen London and it was like, hey, now you've unlocked this thing for your next Sunless Sea, Captain. I'm like, oh, okay. So it said, go click on the new stories thing to hook up your account. And I went and I played Sunless Sea and the new stories button was just grayed out. 
and I couldn't click on it. I'm like, huh, okay. Had you so, and you had linked your account from that side? No, I hadn't. Maybe you had oh. to log in somehow first. I don't yeah, know. but I couldn't figure out how to do that. It was the try. first thing it asked me when I started. Yeah, it did not ask me that unless uh, it had asked me that at some point months ago yeah. in early access. Uh, yeah. So then, and then when it finally did open up. I tapped it was like, hey, log into your fallen London account and gave me a login prompt. And I typed in my username and password and then it said downloading and then sat there until I went to dinner. And then I came back from dinner and it was still sitting there with zero percent <laughs> on the progress bar. <laughs> and so the next time it was like, oh, there was a server error. So I have no idea what I got out of whatever that thing was in Fallen London. I successfully downloaded downloaded things, and I still have no idea. So <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> like I don't think the thing that Sunless Sea needs, at least from my experience, is yet more stories, <laughs> right? Like it felt like there was plenty of content in there. Uh, I feel I played like five hours, and it was. I would characterize it as being the same boring single hour five times. Wow. Hmm. I had, I had, did you die four times? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had one really long, probably two and a half or three hour game and sort of purposefully ran out of resources because I was like, I need to see something else. And so then, yeah, I kept the trait that let me keep the map, Hmm. which is, I think, a dubious choice. Yeah, it seems like a bad. Right. Well, you, you don't, don't get, get the get fragments, the, whatever the you don't, fuck those you don't are. Get the well, that's discovery just discovery points. Right. So you, you're not building up a, a library of secrets, which I was okay sacrificing that for the ability to know where the fuck I was going. But I mean, secret. Okay. So secrets, you can use a secret to increase one of your stats by a meaninglessly trivial amount. Well, well, secrets are easy to come by. You can do it like 20 times. Yeah. And you can also, you also use them as currency for other situations. Mm. Like, like everything it, is a currency for everything else, which well, is sure, so I mean, it's like, it, baffling. It, God, it, it, that's the case in Fallen London as well. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. But that's fine, because you know how long it takes to get from one place to another in Fallen London? Fucking zero goddamn seconds, which is the right amount of fucking time. <laughs> the server latency. For that there, kind of thing. Sometimes kind of up there. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, you're right. Ugh. So you, you really felt like the travel time was just the crippling? Absolute. Absolute, like so I think, game breaker. I think the solution to this is actually to have made the game not a roguelike. Yeah, because just make it like fucking Star Control Two. So you actually, where there's a setting for you, that, yeah. by the way. You, yeah, you just turn off the. No, there's not. You can there, save it. You can. Yeah, save it. that doesn't count. Okay, to, for me at least. Like I get that that is how Star Control Two worked. I kind of actually don't think that that aspect of Star Control 2 holds up. The fact that you can die, or... You mean, you the, you have to explicitly save? Yeah, I'm confused yeah, as to what... sort of. Like, I, You what, want to be able to... Because like, there are situations where you can not die, but kind of cripple your ability to make a lot of progress. Right, but... So, like, I don't think that the... In Star Control 2, I don't think that the moving around, gathering resources, upgrading your ship thing in the beginning is actually very good because Hmm. I think that there are, you are in a possibility space that is mostly dead ends. And in terms of going to different systems to try to gather resources, like, because it's that it's this problem, right? Where you have to spend a significant amount of your money to put fuel and supplies 
on your ship. And then you use those fuel and supplies to go out on an expedition, which might yield literally nothing. So then it's like, all right, well, that just cost me 45 minutes of my life. I will reload from a previous save and I guess not do that again. Are you talking about both games at this point? Um, Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would have been okay with it if I could have found like a trade route that I, that, that would have been useful and I could have ground that out for a while to make enough money to actually get a decent boat and, yeah, so and, and I, then have some fun exploring. But to make somebody do that, if- to make somebody do that in a, in a permadeath roguelike is fucking unconscious. I found, I found yeah. one trade route where I could buy something for 19 and sell it for 20. And I was yep. like, oh my God, seriously? <laughs> I, I never at any point in five hours of playing this got any upgrades to my ship ever. At one point I bought a weapon and then I was like, oh, my ship doesn't Don't have, have a slot that for fucking that. slot. I, yeah, I was I, but like, oh my God. I was super close to buying a weapon. I was like, wait a second, can I even install this? And I was like, oh, no, not even a little bit. So, I I, I think I have a very different fr- perspective from all of you guys because I was, I played for like seven hours and was lucky enough to that for that to be one game. One game, yeah. yeah. I, I think I could have extended the first game if I had decided to be a little more careful but i was yeah. like i really want yeah, yeah. to like i mean i i played i did not die so mine was a single game as well but how long at the oh four or five hours okay yeah but at, at the end of it i was basically no better off than i was yeah. at the beginning because my I, experience i accidentally squandered all the profit i'd managed to make yeah. by by uh, going by going up above and spending all my resources to get oh, them yeah. back yeah no that's that's a big resource sink um yeah uh, my experience was that, like, there's a really deep poverty well right at the beginning of the game that's really hard to get out of. Mm. And then once you're out of, it just, it really opens up. Interesting. Um, in terms of, like, what you feel like you can get done. And, and, um, I, I feel like, I feel pretty safe right now huh. at this point in the game. Like, that's interesting. Um, do you have most of the map explored and I stuff? I have, like, a third of the map explored. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because um, I kept getting missions for places that I had no idea where they were. That's a thing that is the case for me now. In fact, like, so the best trade route in the early game, I think, is if you, if you go to the Salt Lions. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, but, and you need to have... You, you need have to, to I got there with 190 echoes that, but to I yeah. do I that. I got there with 190 place, fucking 190. echoes. Yeah, yeah no, I, I did that, like, two or three times. Ugh. And then... Um, now they want me to ship the Sphinx Stone elsewhere, and so like my hold is just full of this stuff. Yeah, and I need to go find that port. Yeah, um, and you're kind of locked in. Yeah, unless I'm just going to waste those. Yep, two hundred echoes and probably piss people off in the process. So I do think that um, the slowness of the ship is important for pacing. Huh. Like I feel like I, I've had like I would have been really pissed at com if combat was faster paced because like that was. I, yeah, I think the combat is combat pretty was well turn based until a couple months ago. Oh, interesting. Combat That's really was interesting. Combat was a little mini game with think, some cards within, like oh with God. individual cooldowns. Fascinating that they changed it to be so dramatically. Different. I would have liked that much less. I think. Yeah, the having to like having to have a little arcadey game where you're actually spending yeah, it was time weird. and resources to play was kind of cool. I mean, it was boring, but this one's 
boring too. Well, I mean, I, mean, it's, I it's like boring, I but like you keep playing the game while you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, the the fact that it, you remain looking at your ship and map rather than going to this sure. weird. It's, it's and I mean, I think that was important thing. to them. They they didn't want. I mean, I and I could sympathize with this when they you know their blog post about the decision to change this because they were like, yeah, we just never thought of anything other than a you move to a combat screen and you do this thing like because we just kind of didn't think that that's not the kind of game we make is a game where you have real time combat on the map. Right. But then he's like, yeah, I guess we, I guess we should just figure out how to do it. Um, yeah. They did an okay job. I think the yeah, combat system yeah. is fine. I um, just, I don't know, man. Everything was either like, this is not a threat or this is going to end the game. There for are me to fight a it. lot of non obvious strategies you can use. For example, did you know that you could turn off the light on your ship? Yeah. yeah. And that, like, ha- that halves your fuel consumption. And it also, but, oh, does it? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I know that huge. it makes it so that a lot of monsters just won't see you. Yeah. I mean, it um, halves your fuel consumption. But you also don't get it. You have to have them in your lights to get a firing solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did. The terror actually never affected my game, so I'm curious what No, in that. early in early builds it was huge. Yeah. Right. When I when I played this game earlier in early and and I never played much of it because I was like I really I'm not I don't really want to get invested in this until it's, it's done. Finalized. But then it's like Jesus Christ, it's just there were a bunch of rough edges, I feel like, that they could still sand off. There was all this janky shit, like so much of the the one thing you'd think they would have down, which was the Story Nexus engine inside this game, just seemed janky as shit. You have like, this option because of- you have this option because of these qualifiers, or, or like requires such and such, such and such at colon, and, and then, just then just nothing. Yeah. Like, and is that because you're not displaying a zero because you're putting? Oh, interesting. So uh, you're talking about ways in which it was janky that regular Story Nexus games are not janky. Yeah. That's something I hadn't noticed. I had noticed the regular Story Nexus weirdness. Pretty pretty regularly, like, one set of options would just overlap the text for another set of options. I, I was that. like, oh, there must have been an internal browser in there using that. CSS for this. Also, why can you not make the goddamn thing with the text on it bigger? That would be nice. Than a tiny little yeah. window in the bottom half of the screen? Like... Yep. I, I, I had... I was constantly leaning in to see this text also yep. why Every, all the text in the game I, yeah i was i was hunched over my computer like why when time. you click on an option can you not have it scroll down past the text that you've already seen yeah that's that was also frustrating like every time i clicked a thing i then had to skim the entire page yeah. to figure out okay what is the new thing that just appeared here yeah or just showing a different color at least like this kind of fall in London kind of has this problem too, where you will often spend resources without knowing it. Yeah. It just says, so that's, that is a frustrating mm-hmm. thing. It was like, when it says you have to have this to click this thing, you right. don't know whether that means you You're have to spend it, it, it or not. Yeah. Yeah. I became very nervous about anything that, re- that required something that I was scarce. Right, which this on. is a game about exploring stories, which makes you afraid to explore yeah. because maybe this will spend all of your fucking supplies to give you nothing. Right. You know, like, uh, because it seems like because they took all the teeth out of the terror mechanic, all of the systems that are in place for managing terror became just I mean, if you get to 100 terror, you just lose, basically. Oh, yeah? Half of your crew rebels and 
And Jesus, the one time I lost more than half my crew, what I wanted more than anything else in the world was a button to just fucking sink the ship because <laughs> you, it limits your movement to half speed. Right. And fuck you. Fuck you. Did you ever game. try any of the, uh, I, so if you run out of fuel, there are a couple of options that can become available based on some of your, the different statuses that you have or whatever. And one of them, I like prayed to some God and was transported to the far right corner of the map <laughs> and was in this weird sort of shrine to some creepy old God or whatever. And I could like make some sacrifices. And there was one of the options was like go insane. Right. And lose it says, your, lose your mind. Eager don't group. do this. Right. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, so I was like, well, I'm just going to ignore that. And so I hit it, and it just immediately puts your terror at 100. And then you try to leave, and your crew like when Sean Elliott goes posts a link saying, do not click. Yeah, like, right. Like, what, what am I going to do? <laughs> so, that, I mean, that was fascinating. But, like, yeah. I, so, I, I just, then I, then I spent, like, two or three games just immediately leaving the harbor and just taking the ship out as far as possible in straight lines to get more map so like i knew where things were oh yeah and it was that was fine and then i would just i oh, would die you kept saving the map kept saving the map uh oh and i was like okay well this is kind of an interesting like this is i i realized that this is suboptimal take so fucking eh, long it's, it was it's, fine it's just, I, I really do think the pacing of the ship is important like yeah but yeah, not but not like but not to have to do it over and over, over again. And over and over and over again. Yeah, no, yeah I, like that's the I thing. Agree. Like the pacing is important in th- getting somewhere new. There should okay. And also, this coming is one back of the only a, a battle when you nearly died and you like are you're avoiding. Limping. Yeah, like that, that stuff's really powerful. This, I mean, right now it's like, I don't know, man. Fast travel. A lot of people make the argument that fast travel ruined Elder Scrolls. Right. The fast travel in Oblivion, when I first played Oblivion and I didn't know how Elder Scrolls <laughs> games work, the fast travel made that game suck. Like, I was just like, I don't understand why anyone cares about this series of games because that was bullshit. Like, this whole game lasted like four hours. What the fuck? Like, I just beat this game and it took four hours because I just didn't really get they, what they you had were supposed fast to travel do. Enabled before they had you fast travel enabled to cities that you'd never been to and oh, stuff. Weird. So, like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was That's ridiculous. Terrible. Like, I never got any, like, I did not experience any of the, like, you just did the main quest. Like, I just did the main quest line yeah, without ever having to walk anywhere. How long did that take, by the way? It was about four or five hours. Wow. I think. And that was just my, I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Like, it wasn't until I played Fallout 3 that I, like, then went back to Oblivion and was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but Fallout 3, like, would have been terrible without fast travel. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think so, it's important for that experience. I think, and and, and the thing is, Fallout 3 is about, like, loneliness and danger and tension and going to a place and seeing what you're going to find, but you don't know what the threat level is, and, like, yeah. and none of that is increased by it taking ten times as long to walk somewhere, and then you have to walk back manually, and also you have to go to the fart gas station to refill your farts every three minutes spending all of your bottle caps oh, you're thinking of like new vegas hardcore mode uh, but no even hardcore mode was not hard at all yeah. right it, hardcore it was just hardcore it's kind of toothless yeah it was it was really disappointing like there's well, been mods when you ran to, out of farts to 
put teeth back in it, but I haven't messed with any of that. Yeah, there was oh, that, that guy. Great, there, there was one that was like sort of made by a guy who worked on the game, and was like, "This is what this was supposed to be." And like, they, I don't understand why you're like, "Well, we're we're going to add this optional brutal mode for people who are really into that," and then the publisher still makes you tune tone it back, take all the take all the teeth yeah. out of it. Like, what? Like, what? Come on, like. The version of this that you want is the default version of it. Like, don't. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess what I'm getting at here is maybe this game would have benefited from fast travel. Even if, even if the ability to fast travel between places was something that you had to spend resources to unlock. Right. Like you had to like be controlling territory. You had to be like lighting lamps along the way. And so Mm -hmm. fast travel only worked in places that you had, and I guess that's not like, that doesn't really work with the fiction, right? Like you are supposed to be desperate. You're supposed to be powerless in the face of the like immensity of the horror that is out here. But like it, I just, you know, I like, I like so many of the things about this game that aren't playing it. (laughs) I, really liked the stories like the yeah. all the narrative content was really good and interesting i did find myself thinking that i would like a version of this game where i just had all the money and i could sail Try around and things. see things and, and experience the stories without having to worry about my fuel and supplies yeah i bet there's a cheat code out there I want to dig deep on one aspect of this, um, which is that if you look at like the upgrade, the upgrades that that are available in London for mm-hmm. your ship, like I bought a high, like a an engine with double the power and did not notice any change in speed at all. Yeah, um, and I was surprised with that. Like all that? the weapons are like about the same price. And they're all like way above what you can afford. Yeah. And so like by the time you can afford any of the upgrades, you can afford the best one. Huh. Hmm. And I'm wondering like if that happened in part because the developers didn't play the early game very much. All they did was play the late game. I think like this is the sort of thing that happens when like you're making a roguelike that takes forever to play and you're you're a developer. You don't have that much time to test your game. And so you just skip to the end or, or you have a save state. That's like, this is what it's like a half hour in, but this is what it's like a half hour. in if you know everything about the game and have optimized for that. And so, I mean, I don't, I don't think there should be a roguelike that takes four hours to play. Like, I just don't, well, we just played dungeons of the endless, which was kind of the same way, right? Like that's a, I mean, I never had a game of that last more than fifteen minutes. Oh, those that the the game that I actually I actually finished one. Like I I had a successful thing where all my crew survived. No, but I mean that like was also hours. but that was also a a game where we, I think Jim and I both sort of argued using the exact same words <laughs> that it shouldn't have been a roguelike. Mm-hmm. and I think Sunless Sea absolutely should not be. How long I don't, does it take to play through NetHack? About eight hours. Uh, but notably, like, I, I was going to bring up NetHack as an example of um, a game that I think is actually really well-paced in terms of, like... New things. Uh, in terms of more specific than that, like, maybe it's maybe it's analogous to, like, the, the graph of, like, your chance of dying at any given age, 
where mm-hmm. like it, I don't know how to precisely say what I want to say, but like you, you become uh, asymptotically closer to zero chance of dying as you go through the game. Like by the time you're like halfway through those eight hours, you're, 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 you're very sure that you're going to be able to get to the end. Yeah. And so you don't feel like it, when, when you do die in, in the end, it's a very exceptional case and it feels like it's a great story. Huh. So it doesn't feel like a waste. Um, and I feel like they tuned that, um, particular experience graph very carefully or lucked into it. Um, whereas if you compare something like, um, Ang Band, which is a game that takes like 50 hours to beat. Right. And most of it is like, okay, grind on level one for yeah. like five you, you have to, you have to be so strong before you move down to the next one because like you could just get killed the second you walk off the stairs yeah. if you're not careful. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the glory of the MMO is that it takes this kind of bullshit gameplay <laughs> and it gives you a sense of some kind of permanence that makes it make any kind of sense to do this stuff. Like a roguelike with grinding is a bad game. Because you can I, lose all of the progress, but I mean, you can you can set up systems to pass on your some at least some of your wealth and stuff too. If those were if those future, things were permanent upgrades, I would be one hundred percent okay with this. Do you that that was a question that I mean you probably don't, if you're still in your first game. Like I, I am curious if you buy a house and you will it to your descendant, do you then have to? buy another will to will that house to the and if you fail to do that you just lose the progress yeah, I, I i have no experience with the death mechanics i'm really curious but as i that. as i understand it you do there is not like but but on the on the plus side you just have to buy the will which is way more affordable than the house right but that's so but nah. you can you can probably buy a will first thing if you wanted i think because you could Them sell adding your- the ability to sell that to sell the instructions it was a new thing (laughs) from from the earlier builds it was way tighter it it just there was never there was never a point i had one game where it would like brought up a thing was like hey you can afford to buy some ship upgrades i'm like oh okay so i went and bought a new gun i'm like oh i can't actually put this on my ship so i just wasted that all right fuck you game yeah like the fact that it doesn't tell you that you can't I mean, it, it does. Well, it tells you which you, it tells you which slot it is, and you can look at your ship and see which slot you have. But you just like, have to make that connection yourself. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't help you with that, like yeah, a popping problem. up. But like, hey, I, you can't put this on your ship. Are you sure you want to buy it? Like, I almost spent like the eight thousand echoes or whatever it is on the next ship up before looking at the stats. Oh wow! And realizing that um, it's not much of a. It's actually people. like in most respects, it's worse than your starting ship. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, I almost considered downgrading my ship for the 500 echoes I would have gotten as a trade-in. You just get the will immediately that way. Yeah, right? Like I'm real yeah. That might be just for hard mode. I just I like what I would like is I would like a version of this game with a with a fixed map that you're just meant to play once. Like hmm. I think what you do is you just turn on save states and then you just save regularly and you have a good time but i don't think that i do have a good time because i think that a lot of what happens in this game is that you spend an hour accomplishing nothing and can you save when you turn on manual saving is it just in london i didn't ever do it so 
Like, if you can save anywhere, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you could save anywhere, that would be one thing. But, you know, another thing that would be really nice, I mean, the thing that would make it tolerable to me is if when you died, you could just be like, reload a state from, like, if it was like, if if every game designer was Tom Francis, right. Tom, like, friendly, awesome, beautiful man Francis, <laughs> who says when you get killed, hey, would you like to rewind five seconds? How about 30 seconds? How about a minute? How about mm-hmm. five minutes? What do you think? Wait, wait, you got a lot of options, buddy. Yeah, even if even you know if what? all it gave you was go back to London. I know that a lot of these people are forgetting this, but this is a fucking entertainment product <laughs> that you've bought from me. And uh, you know, people define entertainment in a bunch of different ways, though, right? Sure. Like some people appreciate that it's brutally hard because they feel much greater sense of mastery. Some people enjoy having their time wasted because they are vampires and hence (laughs) never going to die. Like, I don't know, man. I, I was so ready to love this game and there are so many things about it that are worth loving, but I, I just, I don't, I do not feel like it is a responsible use of my limited life to play this game. That is a that is a dangerous um, attitude to have if you start thinking thinking globally and acting locally. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I for for all of the frustrations that I had, I I felt like the the quality of the interactions when I did find really interesting little story nuggets was high enough that I probably would keep playing it if, if I had more abundant free time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I realized I agree. not to start talking about fallen London again, but <laughs> I ran out of shit to do and then realized that I had not paid any attention at all to my ambition which is like the sort of main quest line that you select when you create your character in 2007. Uh, And so I've been going through that and that is giving me a bunch of story every once in a while, like over the last like two days. How did you pick that up? Like I I think I did the same thing where I have no idea where that storyline is. You you can go into your character sheet and open up the ambition tab and there is a red link that says reminisce about your ambition and it gives you a very crudely stored and crudely implemented pop up that is the last handful of things that happened like the last handful of text snippets that you got while participating in ambition story lits just not a fucking word i hope that guy comes to our party so i can tell him it's not a word it's it's impossible to say out loud did he rsvp uh i think he said he was running a marathon that day but the other guy is coming so okay well we'll we'll meet him i'll I'll make sure and set up a dinner or something while during during gdc because we like i we I don't want to say that we are the only people on Earth who have spent as much of the last month talking on podcasts about Fallen London as we have, but we're probably one of the four only people uh-huh. who've done yeah. that. Uh, if the other people are recording podcasts, I wish I, I want to go listen to them. Yeah, me too. I would like to listen to podcasts about Fallen London. I bet there's like 
like two people recording a hardcore Fall in London podcast every week. In the right. And they're on like episode 700. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Or maybe just maybe a story Nexus podcast would be a little more sustainable. Um, God, I just I, I want so badly for all of this content to be rearranged into a slightly more tolerable game. Is what I want. So I actually didn't get your like I didn't get a sense of your response to the idea of turning off Invictus mode. No, I should try it. Okay. I mean, I just my my problem though is that you leave port, you spend most of your resources like okay, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about how much I hate getting gas. <laughs> But I fucking what if the gas station was just closed half the time. <laughs> I fucking hate getting gas. I also hate changing shoes. I hate like tying my shoes. There are, there are certain things that are just things that I understand that you have to do if you're going to be alive and get places or whatever. I don't mind walking somewhere because I this then was why you hired it. Kevin was to tie your shoes for you. He do, he does tie my <laughs> shoes for me, yeah, but I also I also try to get his gas, but I he does sometimes. But sometimes he'll borrow my car and he always fills it up with gas because he is the the greatest friend a man hey, could hey, have. Kevin, could you borrow and, my car tonight? And knows that I. <laughs> I well, I mean, you don't you don't provide Kevin with a decade of rent free living, so that's, I'm guessing he's probably not going to extend you quite the same courtesy. Maybe. But I just like what for whatever reason the notion of starting a so God damn it I f- I forgot like one time I got 45 seconds away from London realizing that I had bought fuel. But no supplies. No. So I'm like, well, Alt F4. Fuck you. Like, I just, because I do, like, the fact that every game, the thing that you probably should do is just go and very slowly run around the coastline of the city to get those fragments for discovering the Department of Menace Eradication and the Echo Bazaar. Well, but. I mean, you don't, those don't get you anything, right? You need to, you need to sort of set out and actually go places. But they get you a stuff. bunch of fragments. Are fragments just meaningless? Fragments, fragments, uh, like 150 or 200 of them turn into a secret. Like that's all you get from fragments. And that's a secret is just one stat point. Well, there, that's one thing you can do with secrets. Yeah. Okay. So, well, that's meaningless. It's not meaningless, but it's not, I don't think it's as important. I mean, again, I, you know, I, I have a very cursory, like, understanding of this game, but I, I don't think it's that important. For me, it was like, understanding where the ports are so that I can get a mission actually actually know where to go and what to like how to get something to happen that was my that was my sort of frustration in the early game um but I mean I did the I did one like one quest for a shady guy and got a thousand echoes or whatever and then was excited about they spent it all on fuel well i bought no i bought a new quest. engine which i thought i thought was going to make it so that i could get places faster but didn't but then it just seem, didn't didn't seem to help did you guys know that you could compile port reports more than once for the same location no yeah, yeah but you don't get you don't the get, admiral, the, get the admiralty favor. point yeah. or whatever but will they, they will they pay you for them still? Yes, yeah. a little like a tiny yeah. tiny you get, bit you get, you get like 5 to 20 echoes and a point of fuel for each yeah. port report. But like okay. five to, like, God, but everything costs 5,000 fucking, th- like, 
the but the fuel is worth deal. it. Like I, the uh, the cost of the fuel and the supplies was shockingly high to me. When I first went to buy some supplies, I was I saw the number on the supplies and I was like, oh, I get like five supplies for twenty yeah. <laughs> echoes, and I was like, oh no, I have five supplies already. Yeah, and it costs twenty to buy one more. It's and that lasts like, so. I feel like the game minutes. as is. I would love it if the ship was five times as fast and supplies and fuel cost 10% as much. That is, that is, if I, if I had made this game and I was playing it and I was trying to figure out what do I need to do? Like, what's the next iteration here? Okay. The next iteration is ship is five times as fast. Supplies and fuel are 10% as expensive. And you're like, those are the adjustments that I would make. The programmer and, changes things and you're like, okay. And I maybe, think, I think I want you to make the ship 500 times as fast. Maybe I would, maybe I would too, but Jesus Christ. I, we watched, we saw Paul Barnett give this talk once. It was before Warhammer Online came out. So he was still pretty gung ho about Warhammer Online, but he was talking about, he told a story about the number of iterations that he had to go through because he wanted these particles to be way bigger than they were. It's like a transformation into a yeah, chicken. Yeah, it was like there's something? something where you get turned into a chicken. Mm. And what he wanted was for some feathers, which were like half the height of the character, to appear in a cloud when you turned into a chicken because that would be funny, right? And he talked about how many times he had to go back and forth with the artists to get the feathers like half the size that he wanted because he would say, make these 10 times as big as they are. And he would come back and they would be 10% bigger. <laughs> X and the percent symbol actually look really similar. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess that's true. But, and then the only time that I ever had like a programmer that I wasn't like eye to eye with, who wouldn't literally do the things that I said, had a really similar thing. Like make these twice as big in every dimension. And they would come back 10% bigger in every dimension. Like, God damn it. Just try it. Double it. Double it or cut it in half. Those are your tools as a designer <laughs> for iteration. D- like, no fucking half measures. And this is what I'm saying. This is what I would do with this. <laughs> no half measures. No double measures. The Countermeasures. I, I seriously, what I would try if I, if I had made this game and I was playing it and it felt like this was, was five times the speed and 10% the cost. That, that is how far off I think this game is from fun now. I think that you would probably have more fun for the first hour and then way less fun for the, the nine hours that you stopped, you wouldn't play because it was no longer a challenge. Okay. But I mean, I would have had an hour of fun instead of four hours of being pissed off. So it is entirely possible. That this game is not for you, right? Like, but man, yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. But like, I don't like, were you not charmed by the, the narrative bits that you I got? Was, to but see? it, I would get it fall in London as much as it is a bullshit free to play trickle of this stuff is 10 times as fast at delivering that stuff as Sunless Sea is. Interesting. It's crazy. It is crazy how long they make you watch a boring fucking ship crawl through nothing at molasses speed between giving you another fucking paragraph of amazing text. Like it's unconscionable, but there, like there is stuff happening. It's not like, it's not like you're just 
going from point A to point B and you're just forced to wait for two minutes. Like there are monsters. In my experience, is it is categorically that you are going from point A to point B. There were were constantly like pirate ships and crab monsters. And And you're always brooding. (laughs) I I spent a lot of time brooding while playing this game. (laughs) You mean like you, Jim? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no brooding mechanic. (laughs) That would be great, though. The brooding mechanic does sound like an NPC that would exist in this game. But <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I was just angry. I was like, God damn it. That's a different. Like, that's, that's like brooding. I could have played an entire game of Spelunky in the amount of time that it took. That's a good idea. To move from this. You side. But you can't leave it unattended because you'll probably run into. Because there are monsters that are going to eat you. Every great fucking once yeah. in a while, there are monsters that uh, there, are I, The like, seas were really full for me. I saw a lot of ships. I, in five hours, I think I fought seven enemies. Huh. Did you run away from any? No. Wow, really? Hmm. I, I think... I was constantly running into crabs. Yeah. I think and th- that was actually that a great way to extend supplies. Yeah, because you can... Just you, don't, you don't gain supplies, but you reduce your hunger to zero or whatever. Yeah. The bat swarms just give you a supply, which is nice. Oh, yeah? I ran away from the only bat swarm I saw because I was like, the how bat swarms are gonna... like the zero level enemies. Like, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, they're not. They, I don't know that they do any damage to you. Huh. At all. Interesting. At, like, they just it wasn't until my third or fourth game that I like found the place where you go to repair your hull. So, <laughs> and yeah. that is so expensive that fuck you game. The like, rat, the, that was, that was a, it, like that. I repaired my hole almost exclusively through the report report system. I wasn't saying the rats mm. just repaired my hole yeah. and it was fine. Well, what happened to me was that was when I ran afoul of the not being able to tell if this is going to expend this currency or if I just have to have it to get this because I had the, the three points of admirality. Oh, right. From ex- from exploring new points, and it's like, well, I need some ship repairs. What can I do to get that? No, I can get ship repairs because I have three points of admirality. So oh, I'll do just, that. Yeah. It's a boop. Now you need to find three more entirely new ports to get back to that guy. It's like, yeah. well, shit. Just watch your hull in the meantime. Right, but that just means don't engage with the combat system at all. Well, I, I would argue that like. Avoiding enemies is, is engaging with the combat system. I mean, yeah. okay. I mean, because you're you're avoiding their line of fire. So I know. Let's dodging, let's not only like go somewhere that would take for fucking ever to go there in a straight line. Let's go there in a meandering enemy avoiding. God, I wanted a, at least even you're doing longer. something. I wanted an aft gun yeah. so bad so that I could like <laughs> be firing on things while I was running away from them. Does the first ship? <laughs> Sorry, have a, you have to. Doesn't have an after slot. You have to run uh, nine hours worth of cargo back and forth between the Salt Lions and London to be able to afford a ship that has an aft gun, and also now you can't afford an aft gun. Like I never, like I think you're, the poverty well that you're talking about is a thing that I never escaped from, yeah, and I, I so far sense. cannot imagine a way that one would. And like I, I think it for me it was just. I happened upon a port that was a l- lucky one to find at that stage of the game. Hmm. Every game I played, I found like the same three ports and there was absolutely nothing to do at any of them. Like, 
you know, except the salt lions, which there was something to do if you had more money than I ever managed to scrape together and also leave London. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, it's possible that I'm just really bad at this game. I mean, it's certain, it's a certainty that I'm really bad at this game. something when you talked about like, uh, what was the game you talked about playing earlier that you said was foreshadowing for Sunless Sea? Oh, uh, Darkest Dungeon? Yeah, when you talked about, like, one run that was really unlucky and one run that was lucky, I think that's... I think that's a pretty strong parallel to our respective experience with this game. Because I... My game was pretty lucky, and I'm enjoying it, so... Massage Randomist is probably the way to go. Yeah. Let people have some good experiences early on and then ease them into real, real randomness or something. Yeah. Because I don't feel like this is a challenge that I can get better at without spending another six hours playing it. And I don't want to. Yeah. I was going to say, I think because I don't want to spend six hours looking at a sprite of a boat (laughs) trickling across an ocean of molasses. Like, you could, if, if it was really molasses, you could eat the molasses to survive. You wouldn't need supplies. Yeah, you could probably just... But then the <laughs> fish would shit in the molasses. Mm. That's probably... A... Yeah, but they'd be the kind of fish that live in molasses. So they would probably shit more molasses. Yeah. <laughs> all they've been... That's all they've been eating. Yeah. And other molasses fish. They're, they're just Swedish fish <laughs> that live in there. <sighs> okay. Let's play uh, 80 Days for our next assignment. Okay. That's got writing in it, too. It does, and uh, I'm pretty sure that you can't lose oh, this game. I think that's unlikely. Well, you cannot finish in 80 days. Yeah, but, there's, if it's like... a, but winning the wagers... Also, here's the thing about 80 days. It's a designed narrative, so every time you try to do anything, something happens, as opposed to Sunless Sea or Star Control 2, where... And I love Star Control 2, but there's a lot of times where an hour goes by and nothing fucking happened. If you didn't like look at a wiki to figure out where to go to make something happen. The one thing that I had when I first played star control two was a map of the like mineral rich worlds. Yeah. You know what I had when I first played star control two was the version of star control two with a glitch in it where you could sell landers that you didn't Uh, have. uh And so (laughs) every time I started a game of star control two, I did so with infinite RUs. Interesting. Spendable initially to like, say, make it so your fucking ship can turn like the incremental upgrades in acceleration and turning radius for just like moving. This would be like, honestly, this would be like a video game selling you, Accurate menu navigation controls. The, oh, I want that the, for the Android version. So like, bad. The 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 incremental increase in the the power of my ship was so rewarding. Like I would not have traded that for anything. Like I I think I would have. It would have been super harmful to my enjoyment of that game to have infinite cash at the beginning. I can't be trusted to spend it correctly. Okay. The, because every time I start a new game of Star Control 2, I'm so mad at how slow the ship turns that the first thing I buy is turning jets. I see. <laughs> and I just ruin the economy arc of the game by spending all of my money on the ability to not you wouldn't get be mad. Able to do sweet, sweet skateboard tricks. I just want to, I just want to like fucking do so many ollies. Yeah. I want to get such a high combo going as I like sl- backslide woo, woo, into, woo, woo. yeah. I want to be that guy that's like, Figures out how to 
spin out in a snowy parking lot in such a way that you just end up in a parking spot backwards. Right. That's like I think they they do that by by starting out in the parking parking lot parking lot spot and then filming it backwards. Okay. Right? And then playing the yeah. Hey, do you guys want to do some listeners' mails? Sure. sure. Let's do it. Stuart writes, hey, I made that Cockney rhyming slang Twitter bot for you. And he did. He took the description that I gave of a Cockney rhyming slang Twitter bot, and then he made the Cockney rhyming slang Twitter bot. Read some examples. It is, yeah. It is at get Cockney. So here's the thing. Parotid means Streisand, because parotid gland rhymes with Streisand. (laughs) I like that Streisand is just a dictionary word in... That's rad. Okay. Store means win coop because store snoop rhymes with win coop. <laughs> uh-huh. Sunday means hunch because Sunday brunch rhymes with hunch. That is actually a That's really a good, good one. one. Yeah. 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 I got a Sunday. We're going to find something interesting in here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dozens means washboard because dozens hoard rhymes with washboard. Although dozens hoard is not a phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Where is he getting the phrase from? Uh, I don't know. But then each of these also has an example system, like an example sentence in which the slang is used. So even a dozens is not a very likely find other than in an antique shop. And see, dozens in that case means washboard because of the common phrase, dozens hoard, which means what? Oh, man. This is the best bot. It's a really good bot. Yeah, this is this is worth it is a, It is a pretty good bot. Greater means braidwood because greater likelihood rhymes with braidwood. <laughs> Not really. Taking responsibility, cool. colon, Constance Barnes and the greater inquiry. Which was presumably the braidwood inquiry, which was some sort of... News occurrence. Mm. Bird-like means tor because bird-like dinosaur rhymes with tor. <laughs> a geologist told me a while ago that this bird-like is a remnant of the glacial oh period. <laughs> it's a pretty good, but at get cockney. Tor- oh, nice. and it's, it was tor as in like hill. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. Ah. Uh. Day one follow <laughs> on that bot. Uh, ah, shit. Oh, well. Uh, Jack B. Nimble says, hello, gentlemen. I'm currently watching old episodes of Morgan Spurlock's Inside Man, and I really think you guys would enjoy his episode on futurism. His conversation with Ray Kurzweil and his experiences with virtual reality seem like things you three would get kicks out of, despite any misgivings about Spurlock himself. Uh, I don't know that I have misgivings about Spurlock so much I as that. fine. Like, he's one of those guys like Michael Moore that I, like, both, I both, like, have a lot of respect for their approach to things and the way that they do things and the amount of effort that they apply to doing things that I think are worth doing. And I also don't trust sort of wish I were a football player so I could give them a swirly. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just seriously, like, It's like, I wish that Morgan Spurlock was capable of doing the things that he does without being so smug Hmm. about it. And that might just be the way his face looks. I think it is because it might just be the way his stupid fucking smug face looks like a pug, like Like just in a rug. It just can't look any other way. Uh, 
On an entirely separate and in no way related note, you long ago mentioned a band which included a wizard with a shake weight. Do you remember who that was? Sounds yes. pretty awesome. That was Treasure Mammal. Yep. Of course, you do not forget Treasure Mammal. Once, <laughs> once you have experienced Treasure Mammal, you not only will never forget Treasure Mammal, you will do everything in your power to repeat the Treasure Mammal experience. You will, you will book them at events no matter how much your event attendees do not want <laughs> to see Treasure Mammal again. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jack Beanimble. Uh, Josh says, as someone who's never been to San Francisco or the USA before, what should I do when visiting there for a few days? I remember you mentioning the Exploratorium before when people have asked similar questions, but I can't remember what else. You know, I would go to Alcatraz. Alcatraz is a surprisingly entertaining audio tour. Yeah. Um, Exploratorium's really good. Yeah, it's it's probably the best science museum ever. Uh, a lot of really good food around here. Just don't go to chain restaurants. Yeah. You're probably going to be fine. Use Yelp. Learn. If you do not use Yelp where you are, learn how to use Yelp while you are in San Francisco because it will not lead you astray. Generally. I really like Golden Gate Park, but it's... I wouldn't necessarily it's, go there exclusive of yeah, other things. It's a big park. It's more interesting as a... I've been in the city and now I want to be in a big rolling field with some trees yeah. and feel that feeling there's some museums there that are pretty cool oddly enough one of my favorite like showing people around the town uh locations to go to is berkeley bowl okay just it's like a really cool grocery store right yeah it's just like the produce section is like disney world it's just people wander it all the vegetables amazed. are singing songs yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's a little circle in the in the mission that was really appealing to me when I first started coming here, which is there's circle. There's Clarion Alley, oh, right. which is just a place with a bunch of really neat, relatively well-maintained graffiti murals that are sort of supported there. And then going from the West end of Clarion Alley down Valencia street, you can go to Paxton gate, which is just a sort of an interesting curiosity shop. They have a lot of like, animal skulls and weird plants inside stuff. glass spheres and stuff. Like it's, it's just, you know, and it's it what you think of when you think of a curiosity right shop. next door to 826 Valencia, yeah, which is the pirate store. Yeah. Which 826 is this uh, organization that Dave Eggers put together, which is like, like a, a writing, sort of writing workshop. workshop for kids, but they have to have a retail space to exist in the places it's not that just they're for in, kids. So. It's just a writing workshop. For oh, is it everybody? I thought it was just for kids. I think it's for adults um, as well. But they have like Brooklyn superhero supply and there's a spy store in Philadelphia and there is another there's one in a LA time. There's a time travelers don't... store in LA maybe. Yeah. There's a bunch of different ones. And then the Yeah. They're just these like themed weird stores and they, I don't know. There's, they, you know, there's a couple of cool things at the pirate store that I had never seen. There's, there's traps. So, has there always been the case there's this dotted line and there's an X on the ground when you come in? I don't know. Um, so th th there was, and I went there and like looked at the thing and it was like, ah, you, I see you're, you know, you're the adventurous sort. You should check out drawer number 32. And like, there's a bunch of drawers all over the place and you find drawer number 32 and you open it and a net falls on you from above. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is the best thing I have encountered in a while. They have they have lard that they sell by the handful, and it has to be you have to reach in and grab a they, handful. They have they have. <laughs> last time I was there, they had gotten rid of the lard, and it's oh. like lard temporarily out of stock. It was time. <laughs> <laughs>
I think we can all agree it was time. Yeah. yeah. Musée mécanique in the fisherman's work. Okay. Is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it there is, are a lot of places in the world you can play arcade games and look at like coin-operated dioramas. But that's a pretty good one. Yeah, Musée Mécanique is sort of an, an old, like, a lot of old-style coin-operated amusements. Like, the sort yeah. of, like, nick- you put in a nickel and it plays a movie of a girl almost exposing her ankles. Yeah. Or whatever. Or, like, or it you, turns on a fan. You, so some, yeah. <laughs> some like, wind blows over these, like, uh, the dead, dead buffalo. Wagons. Yeah. yeah. Um, or you can arm wrestle a robot. You can also, yep. it, uh, although if you're doing that and you're here and you have the ability to get around, you should go to the uh, uh, oh Pacific yeah. Pacific Pinball Museum. Oh yeah, in Alameda. On Alameda, um, which is just a pinball machine museum. Which yeah, it's is, a similar thing. There's there are a bunch of good tiki bars uh, if you like rum drinks. There's Smuggler's Cove in San Francisco, and then over in Alameda, which is what made me think of it. There's um, Forbidden Island. Forbidden Island. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's just uh, there's a lot of good places to eat. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a, just a bunch of neat little things all over town. The Winchester Mystery House is sort of interesting down in that's South Bay, San Jose. Yeah, um, if you want to go south, you can go eight hours to San Diego and get a really good burrito. <laughs> you can go to the Stone Brewery in Escondido, which is yeah. seven hours and fifteen minutes south, and is the most wonderful football field shaped and sized parcel of land on earth. <laughs> um, yeah, a Cotehan Mexican restaurant, I think is the name of it now. They changed it. It's on Genesee. Get the, get the pollo asado. It's really good. Can you just not get people here to make a burrito with the ingredients that you so want? I actually went to, um, did I tell you about this? I tried like going no. to a mission burrito place. Yeah. I was like, okay, Give me a burrito with pico de gallo and steak and um, avocado, and rather in guacamole. And they're like, well, we don't have guacamole. Just take avocado. And that was the first sign. Right. It's probably not going to work out. And um, it was, it was like an uncanny valley kind of experience. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. But then I went to um, Los Coyotes at 16th and Mission, um, which they serve a California burrito. Okay. Which is, uh, it's basically like a carne asada burrito, except it has French fries in it as well. Okay. It's kind of amazing. And that's a San Diego state, not a staple, but it's a San Diego food. Okay. Um, and you don't see it very much outside. See, it's of weird. There. In France, the burritos have staples in them. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that sounds less appetizing. Um, and so I asked them, okay, you make me a burrito with just steak and pico de gallo and guacamole in it. And it was actually pretty serviceable. Okay, so that's one place. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're getting a little bit of of home in yeah. burrito form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chuck Woodthrower writes, "Dear Hot Dog, Zach Griffin, Kevin often characterize themselves as being terrible at self promotion. Are you, Jim, also uncomfortable with promoting yourself?" Cheers, Chuck. T Cart One Thousand Jam. <laughs> it's February twentieth. It's happening soon, guys. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually super uncomfortable doing that sort of thing. It seems so fake, and then you watch other people do it, and it doesn't seem fake when they do it. It's because they're robots. I, you guys familiar with the term philosophical zombie? No. no. Uh, the idea is like you could. There's imagine like hypothetically, there's a planet that is just like Earth, 
with people on it that look just like us and act just like us in every respect, except they're not conscious. Okay. That's a pea zombie. Okay. So if you take that that as like, oh, that person isn't bothered by self-promotion because they don't actually exist, then that's a pretty, I think, a self-consistent worldview to take. Hmm. And it would explain why I'm so much worse at feeling good about myself than everybody else. Because everybody else is zombies. Because you think that everyone else is not actually conscious. <laughs> that's uh, that's right. been you my experience. If they actually... If she was, <laughs> I guess definitionally. Uh, hmm. Well, I can't argue with that because it wouldn't work. Uh-huh. Um, but... Hmm. There are papers about the pea zombies. It's infuriating. Just the idea <laughs> that, like, people are considering this idea to be, like, a valid... Like, oh, they're... Yeah, they're just clearly all everybody I know is actually a person, but there are people who act and look just like us, but they're not really real. Well, I mean, that's sort of what everyone at either extreme of the political spectrum believes, and, right? I don't think the, they believe like, it explicitly. I no, a, but I mean, it's like thing. if these people just understood the way the world actually worked, they would understand why. And, you know, but then you get to something like, if these people were really thinking, they would understand that it's okay to be gay, uh-huh. which feels objectively true, uh-huh. right? That doesn't feel like an opinion. Cer- certainly, they couldn't have other right? first principles they're working from. Like, ugh. Anyway, we I guess we shouldn't vaccinate our kids. Good point, Zach. <laughs> Fuck everything. Um, <laughs> people come down to the, the apocalypse. Chuck G says, which video game do you think had the best food cooking mechanics? I don't know that I believe that any game has ever had good food cooking mechanics. Cooking Mama? The more complicated they tried to be, the less tolerable they became. I think if Cooking Mama was as good uh, at what it was doing as um, Trauma Center was, that Mm. Cooking Mama would be the winner. Mm, Okay. Mm. I mean, (laughs) I like... Or if it was as good as... uh, um, Surgeon Simulator. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be a good one. I mean, Trauma Center it was sort of a predecessor to Surgeon Simulator, right? I mean, in, it, like... in a way. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what about the Sims where you get to wall someone into a kitchen until they eventually just oh, light sure. themselves on you're fire? Just, you're cooking I mean, the person. My yeah, experience of yeah. cooking in the Sims, I played the Sims for a couple hours once, and my guy died in a fire that he sat trying to cook dinner. <laughs> to make cereal. So that was a pretty... <laughs> This is a pretty good, pretty good simulator. He burned I mean, I like cereal to death. I liked Paper <laughs> own Mario because it was like, here, you cook noodles and uh, mushrooms, and then you make mushroom noodles. Fucking hated that. Like, it was so tedious to actually cook It stuff. really was. I mean, it was hard to navigate the... It was it was time-consuming to navigate the menus. I agree that it was... System, I agree that the, the recipes were The cool. system was really satisfying. Yeah. But it, it, it was, was also very simple. I mean, I feel like the system of cooking in World of Warcraft is tolerable because it's just you take a number of items and it becomes another item after a little percentage bar goes across like every MMO that's tried to make that that more complicated has just made it more tedious I would like that system more if you could like like in Kingdom of Loathing you could just enter like oh I want to combine these things and see what happens Um, but of course the the if there was some experimentation if there was some experimentation yeah I think that stuff is fun Um, and I think I would like Kingdom of Loathing's cooking system more if it were more responsive to, like, 
I don't know. I don't know how how um, I mean, much we work could, you put into like trying right. like what what. Let's write a smart response. Write a to every joke possible. about every combination. Yeah. yeah, I mean that is the kind of oh, thing God. we would do. It's just the kind of thing we didn't do. Right. That's an exponentially uh, it d- is dangerous it's a lot work of work, work thing. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, it's each new ingredient you make. Requires. It also just you would really only like- need a unique joke. So if you wrote a joke for trying to cook classes each of items, thing, like- yeah, or each item had a default, and then we, if we thought of something funny, we would have it not use one of the defaults, right? But otherwise, it would use one of the two like defaults. Each of the is as long item, as it each occasionally item that you're has a default. And also a funny rating, and whichever is the funnier one is the one that's displayed. <laughs> I don't think we could be trusted to self-evaluate those, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, just basically the ones that were written by the one of us that was the most confident yeah. <laughs> would have the highest self-reported funny rating. No, but I mean, I think that if one out of every five gave you a unique message, that would effectively be a unique message often enough. Yeah, and you don't actually have to get every combination you just have to get every combination that people try like if you i look used at like to the- track that i used to track data on how many times people tried to cook something two things that didn't ma- and yeah. then would would use that data to make new recipes because yeah. like well obviously that makes sense that that would be a thing but then that was one of those projects that i like seemed like a good idea and then i just kind of lost interest in it yeah and i mean as much as i personally think the crafting is a huge part of kol I don't know how much other people care. Yeah, I don't either. The craft, the cooking in uh, Fall in London is absent. I don't think there's any cooking minigame at all. I can't think of one. I mean, it would just be more of that card bullshit. Yep. <laughs> but it would. You know, it might figure out a way to frame itself in an entertaining way. You can kill a bat and cook its blood in Sunless Sea, which is probably what we ought to do. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean in, it, after we finish recording? Yeah, do you think on the way home if we could run over bats. some bats and then turn their blood into a day's worth of food? I think you're going to be infuriated by how slow I drive. I think that I probably <laughs> am. I mean, I think I usually am. And you don't stop at any of the stop signs. Don't have to when you drive so slow. You're already stopped. Exactly. Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail. Yes. How would they do it? Well... Uh, I would recommend that they email us. They could do that at our Gmail account, uh, which is vghotdog at gmail.com. You could also tweet us at vghotdog. Uh, We don't tend to read the tweets on on the lines. We don't get a ton of them. But we we often will respond directly. You're right. Uh, And then uh, you could also submit a question to our web form. Um, which is a, a pretty solid way of yeah. getting a question. All of the ones that I read tonight, for instance, were from that because it is the easiest for me to read and it has state tracking. Gmail has state tracking in the sense of you can archive things and then those things gain the you don't ever see them again state. Right. <laughs> uh, tw- Twitter does not. Um, Man, if every email had the this this email has lost the you have not seen it yet state. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Yeah, if reading... (laughs) In order to read it, requires at least one of, you have not read this particular email yet. (laughs) (laughs) 
that be that was really hard for me to get over. Yeah, it's game. it's. Mm, it's, I, it makes sense eventually, but sort of. It was just baffling the first is, five or ten minutes. Honestly, like, it, it is what? used in ways that don't make sense to me, even after years of playing Fallen London. Uh-huh. I'm not not consistently, but anyway, our our website is videogameshotdog.com. <laughs> yeah, our, our website is fallenlondon.com <laughs> yeah. slash that's all we ever talk about. Dot PHP. That's weird. That's we didn't. We <laughs> this. It's new though. We didn't always used to talk about Fallen London. No, no something. Only, we'll eventually start talking about. Yeah, it's only else. because like I'm gonna have to start playing it just so too, I can contribute. Yeah. Oh no, no, don't please. Yeah, it's gonna be the worst. No, you and not. I should just keep talking about Infinite no, Factory. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like I feel like Jim. <laughs> Jim talking about it made me pick it up again, yeah, and that's then I the real problem. Got into it. Yeah, it's an echo chamber now. Yeah, because you'll notice Echo Bazaar. Once I quit playing World of Warcraft, Riff and I stopped spending forty-five minutes an episode talking about World of Warcraft. Yeah. So. I have what basically just been is, playing World of Warcraft and Infinifactory, so... If we oh, yeah, I also played a bunch like, more Infinifactory. stereo Factory. separation of the people on the podcast, <laughs> like, the left ear could be Fallen London. Oh, wow. <laughs> the right ear could be Infinifactory. Yeah. Just loop forever. Oh, yeah. That'd and then great. it's just whichever one you're interested in, you just turn the balance on your audio all the <laughs> yeah. way to that side. So you yeah. get two podcasts for the price of one. Yeah. Are you still stuck on trying to service that drone riff? No, I did finish that, and then I did, uh, I did the fully furnished studio apartment, which was yeah, pretty funny. That one's crazy. Yeah, I got, I got a pretty good solution to that. My, I got a solution slightly smaller than yours. <gasps> I, was, I was pleased. Oh no, I have to go back. <laughs> I started solving some of the earlier ones, trying to reduce. Oh yeah, my, my footprint or my time, but I just I'm mm. never I'm always going to be one step behind. I had Kevin. a good time. I'm always going to be either and... one or 150 steps behind. <laughs> I had a t- good time going back and and solving the early puzzles for for elegant but ludicrous solutions, like solving for hilarity. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's like, cool. Is that I, measured? There's there's one like there's an early puzzle that's just put in like three three blocks like a three by one bar and I instead oh, of that's what your that that was your yeah picture. okay that so I I solved sense. it by making an eight block long bar and then swiveling it into an eviscerator that cut it in half and then spins the pieces around into the output set. It was pretty. It's fun to watch. <laughs> it was sort of like my crayon physics approach, where yeah, yeah, you, you won if you you like. Whenever you finished a level of crayon physics, you got to check a box whether you thought your solution was awesome or not, and you'd get a high rating if you did it using only one object. And I would check the awesome box if that one object was a cock and balls. <laughs> so I just like my sub game was to play that game trying to solve every level with one cock and ball shaped object and you know it was good i I mean i only made it through four or five levels basically enough to be able to tell that story (laughs) yeah (laughs) gentlemen i've had a fantastic time recording episode 186 of video games hot dog with you and i hope we'll record episode 187 real soon and until we do keep your teeth in the toilet and keep polishing the coffee table gross (laughs) have a great week everybody good night (laughs) later And then every year we could publish a book of dick butts, big old coffee table art book of dick butts.